Literally, I have no notes because I don't remember it. <laughs> Have no you have no movie. notes on that no, one. I have no notes on that movie. Oh, this is going to be a rough discussion. <laughs> Actually, do you want a drink or something before I start? Do you have drinks? I have, like, water or pop. You actually have sodas? I have cherry Coke and cherry vanilla Coke. No, you don't. Yeah, I bought it when I was in Niagara. <gasps> what is the feature-length podcast? Anyone? Uh, the Feature Length Podcast is a show where three idiots talk about film and entertainment. Good answer! Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> hey, are you talking to us? Yeah! <laughs> I'm talking to the voices in my head. Like, I truly, I truly don't know. It felt like a fever dream. I swear to God, I could not It sounds so stupid hearing that. If you're listening to this, this is a podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast, a podcast where we talk about movies and TV for a feature length of time. Hello, welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast, a podcast where normally three friends sit around and talk about movies um i am marco i'm one of the regular hosts of this podcast unfortunately the other two hosts are off living their best lives today and they've left me to do this bonus episode uh as you can tell by the title it's on the james bond franchise the whole thing since the start of this podcast i've threatened to do this episode and to finally get angelo on the podcast so we could talk about james bond so angelo now we have four friends on this podcast. Yes, officially four. Uh, nice of you to be here, and uh, let's, let's talk about James Bond. Um, should we start this off by explaining to people what our problem is? Our problem? I mean, James Bond was my childhood hero. Like, growing up, like, I wanted to be James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> like, if there was a spy school as a kid, I would have enrolled into it. Yeah, you know James I mean? Bond is a, a quintessential... Uh, childhood fantasy character for males i feel like oh absolutely like just dress well drink lots of alcohol kill people Mm -hmm. sleep with copious amounts of women women, which we'll get into um in terms of problems i mean as we'll get into this they all are kind of the same (laughs) yeah i hate hate saying that so much because i want to love all 24 25 movies now yeah but the memory gets jogged here and there yeah uh this is gonna be interesting so just for anyone that's listening you know this is not gonna be an in-depth discussion of any of these movies um some of these movies may end up we may end up later on in the future with like the full podcast group doing in-depth discussions because some of them are genuinely really great but yeah no this is gonna be more just our overview of the series and our rankings which we did a year and a half ago Which we now. did a year and a half ago. So for those who don't know, Angelo and I have a uh, tradition that is a very painful tradition where we just force ourselves to marathon through franchises. I believe it started because you, Angelo, have only ever seen the worst movie of every franchise. Yes. The worst Planet of the Apes, the worst Star Wars. Yeah. The worst James Bonds. Like, yeah. You've never series, seen... I've only seen the worst ones. You've only seen the worst ones. Like, your only recollection of Indiana Jones is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Like, there is no there is no franchise where you have actually seen the good ones. So back in high school, you know, with Planet of the Apes, it started that we marathoned the whole thing. All seven movies. Um, 
and you know that was like a fun thing that we did and we kind of like gradually built on that and we kind of go back and forth between bigger marathons and smaller ones you know sometimes we'll like recently you dan and i um did uh the matrix trilogy on one day so that was like a smaller franchise that we did friday the 13th is still ongoing Ongoing. that's ongoing uh but yeah this this marathoning thing really i think hit its peak when uh one christmas i got a box set with all the james bond movies um and you know as you mentioned you were a big james bond fan from a child we'll get into some specifics of what you remember having seen myself i had literally only ever seen the daniel craig movies um and not even as a child just kind of like in high school i was like yeah i should probably watch james bond movies if i'm gonna talk about movies if i'm gonna say i like movies so uh, I watched those and really enjoyed them. And I was kind of like, yeah, I should probably know this franchise. Uh, and that was mostly a mistake. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of my history. Like which, which Bond movies prior to us doing this? Oh, I also, we did this marathon and to give, to give it some purpose, we, we did rankings yes. as we went. So basically we were going to give each movie a score out of 10 and each song a score out of 10. That was too complicated, so we gave it a score out of 100, because we needed more range yes. to play with. Um, and then we also ranked the number of sex scenes, simply because James Bond is so like known for having sex. Simply because of Thunderball, and the plot of that movie is that he has sex to save the world. No, but that's... That's the plot of like every one of the movies. I don't even. That could be. That could also count for like four other movies. <laughs> but that one specifically. Yeah. Um. I mean, we'll get into it. Yeah. Yes. Um. But um. You know, we we started ranking them because we were kind of curious. Like, uh, eh, like what is the correlation here? How did the number of sex scenes change as we progress? Obviously, as like things get more modernized, and it's not cool to just have sex with a woman in a in a haystack, <laughs> which we'll talk about. One of the creepiest things I've ever seen. Um. But uh yeah so we did keep track of that maybe one day we'll release those statistics because i could not be bothered to graph that out and see what it looks like in terms of the quality of the movie but we do have our our rankings for every movie in the franchise leading up to depending on when you're watching this like we haven't seen no time to die yet it's coming out coming out we have heard the song but we didn't rank the song i think also it's not fair to rank the song until you've heard it in context of the opening credits like a lot of the rankings of the music are the opening credits yes so that's not fair. So that one is totally off this list. Maybe after it comes out, we will come back and uh, do an addendum to this and s- slot it in somewhere. But this is the rest of the movies all ranked. Also, last disclaimer, only the movies that are officially released by Barbara Broccoli and her family. Because for some reason, when James Bond started, it was back in the day when like just some rich person could like buy the rights to the franchise. So this family, for generations now, the Broccoli family, I'm not even making this up, like partially owns James Bond. Um, and a lot of the decisions about movies and to some degree, like this is why their quality is the way it is, is because this family like owns the rights and can kind of dictate certain things. Um, now there was a movie, there were some TV movies released outside of them, uh, which is fine. And we didn't watch those. And there was also one live action movie, Never Say Never Again. Yeah. Which was Sean Connery's return to the character after like 10 after years. After 10 years. Yeah. Uh, which we also didn't see because it's not included in the official. Also, though, not the first time Sean Connery retired and then came out of retirement. Fair. Which we'll talk about. Yes. Um, something that he just loved to do. Yeah, but so that doesn't count. So it's only the, like, if you go out right now and buy a box set of James Bond movies, it's those ones. It's the the quintessential, released by the Broccoli family, not spin-off, bullshit, whatever. And we're going to go through our rankings, but 
before we get into that, um, what Bond movies had you seen prior to our marathon? So it was a tie-in between movies and games for me. Okay. And, and that's why it's really, like, this is going to hurt every Bond fan that actually listens to this. Yes. When I think of Bond in my head, Pierce Brosnan is my James Bond. Yeah. And the reason why I say that isn't just because, like, I don't think he's, like, the best actor or, like, the best Bond, but because as we were kids growing up, that's when GoldenEye came out. That's when, you know, the N64 GoldenEye game was there. Yes. You had, like, Nightfire and Agent um, Underfire, I think it was called. And those were all modeled after Pierce Brosnan. So that's why, in my mind, like, he is Bond to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's mainly where I come from is, like, you know, GoldenEye, Nightfire, those games, and then, like, those movies that came out, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, gotcha. I, I think that's fair. I think a lot of people still consider Pierce Brosnan to be up there as James Bond. It's funny, like, I don't think... I don't really think that there's a Bond people necessarily consider as, like, the worst one, or, like, this is a bad take, um... I mean, maybe one that we'll talk about. Yes. But even he's not the worst. But I think... He's just the other one, just as he other, calls himself. Exactly. So it, it's... um, I think most people's Bond choice, like you said, is, is mostly based on the era that, that you were up. first exposed to it, right? Yeah. Exactly. And even though the Craig movies were the first movies that I saw, like Casino Royale and all that, um, I knew Pierce Brosnan as Bond just from like culture as a, as a young person. So I do, yeah, and I think that's fair. And I think also, like, something we should probably mention, too, is we're mostly talking about the quality of the movies, but I don't think, I think all the Bonds, even in bad movies, like, turn in decent performances as the character. Yeah. Like, I don't recall watching one of the movies and being like, you're shit in this, or like, I wish someone else was playing this. It's actually funny, because I feel like Daniel Craig... He's a good actor, don't get me wrong, and he's in probably some of the better Bond movies, yeah. I want to say, but in my mind, he's probably, like, third or fourth in, like, the listing of, like, yeah. who I consider Bond. It's, so. it's interesting because I enjoy his character so much in those movies, but, yeah, it doesn't necessarily feel like Bond ever. Yeah. Like, I don't know... Because, I mean, we'll talk about it. Like, Casino Royale is, like, a prequel to Bond. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, by the end of that movie, it's, like, he's quintessential Bond. But then, there's no... Like, none of the follow-up movies, really, does he still ever feel like quintessential Bond? He always feels like this other take. But that's not... Not that it's bad, because those are really great movies that he's in. Um, but, yeah, there's something interesting about that. Um, even though I think he probably has the best characterization and writing that, like... He's still not quintessential Bond. Like, I would say probably, like, most people would say Sean Connery is quintessential Bond, even yes. though most of his movies are shit, or even Pierce Brosnan. Um, anyway, and yeah. I mean, I just want to add note, too, that, you know, conspiracy theory. I feel like that's probably part of the whole reason the movie Spectre was made, because it is all, like, throwback. Like, you have Blofeld, yes. you have Spectre, the organization, and it's, like, behind the scenes, like, oh, Bond, I've controlled your life this whole time. Yeah, caused yeah. misery. So that's kind of like their tie-in to be like, you know, this is Bond. Yeah, it is. It's very uh, iconic. Even going back to, like, Judy Dench, who was M, passed away. And so yeah. now we just get, like, old white guy Ralph, <laughs> like, Ralph Fiennes as M again. Yes. Like, and then, like, this is where, like, Money Penny is a part of the team. Like, she's introduced in Skyfall, but really is, like, there in Inspector. And so is uh, Q. Same thing, introduced in Skyfall, but really shows up in Inspector. So... Yeah, that does feel like, of the Craig movies, the one that's the most just, like, 
trying to be quintessential Bond. Yeah. And, I mean, we can get into it in the rankings, but I also think, like, it doesn't necessarily work. I feel like we'll talk... It's not that it's bad, but the one... The Craig movies that people like are the ones that aren't even worried with being quintessential yes. Bond. Um, which is kind of interesting, too. Because it's like, can you even make a quintessential Bond movie anymore without Probably it feeling not, dumb? Yeah. Unless it's like a, re- a remaster kind of movie. Yeah, like well, because you're an like... homage. You're like 25 movies into the franchise. At what point is it just like, we don't care anymore? And yeah. I think Spectre kind of like proved that of, yeah, it's fine, but it's just kind of James Bond doing James Bond things. And it's it lacks some of what people like about the other ones, including me. I shouldn't say just people. I kind of feel that way too. Um... Okay, I'm going to grab my list. Yes, before we start spoiling things. Yes, and let's discuss the list now. Uh, I think we're going to go bottom to top here. I'm okay with bottom to top. Um, just to preserve the suspense. And like I said, we're going to go through the movies and then the songs. Some in greater detail than others. It depends we, on it how depends. my memory goes. I mean, Angelo actually went even further than I did and like prepared some notes. Normally I prepare notes, but for today I literally just have this list. And the minuscule notes that we have, which is sometimes just a word or two in brackets. So, okay. So before we do this, now I've obviously seen the list. I'd like you to guess. Oh, man. What you think the bottom movie is and the top movie. Well, the top movie is easy because we're so predictable. The bottom movie? Oh, man. I don't know. Um, I'm just going to go off on a limb and just say Majesty's Secret Service. Wow, really? You think that's the bottom movie? I, I, I don't even remember. I'm going to go with that one, though. Just because it's, <laughs> the, it's, the, it's the solo Bond movie. Okay. I remember us making fun of it so much the whole way through. Fascinating. Okay, and what do you think the top is? Top is Casino Royale. Okay. It's always going to be Casino Royale. Well, we'll Not see. even because it's like the best Bond. It's just such a well-made movie. Yeah, this is lit. Um, yeah. So let's start this list off then, okay? So I'm also going to give the scores as we go through. Um, And I should say, this list starts at number 17, even though there's 24 movies, because there were multiple ties and like three-way ties where we gave them the exact same score, which I guess is like a broken system on our part. But Or maybe it's not. Maybe those movies are actually. But I'm curious to see, again, we haven't looked at this in like a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, if not more. I'm Because th- a year and a half, I feel like in regular time, but it's been COVID. Like, COVID time. Oh, it's been, been a year and a half. It's So, it's been actually, like, three years. Oh, my God. Um, which is kind of weird. Uh, it's been a year and a half pre-COVID. Exactly. So. I feel like that's just how time works now. Anyway, that's a podcast uh, well, for another day. Getting old. That'll be a podcast we do one day. Yeah. Can you no. believe? No. I don't even no. want to say it. I'm not even going to say it. Okay, so. Coming in with a score of 57 out of 100. Ooh, nice. Moonraker. Really? I mean, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I mean, okay, so literally my my notes for Moonraker is that it feels like a Han Solo movie. Really? Because just because of the whole like space scene yeah. and like lasers and like I could totally see Bond pulling out like Han Solo's pistol and just gotcha. like it's just like the the ambiance of it. But that was also like there was Jaws, like the Jaws had come back. He returned, yeah, yeah. for that movie. And I remember them like 
on the passenger lifts, yes. remember? And they had, like, that fight scene on there. Yes, so just for anyone that doesn't know, Jaws is a quintessential, like, Bond, not main villain, but, um... A pretty serious side of it. Like a thug, you know what yeah. I mean? Like a quintessential thug. With metal jaws that can bite through anything. Yeah, he's... essentially his gimmick. Exactly. He's been in a few of the movies, but Moonraker, uh, he, like, returned in yeah. after he, we thought he was done. And also, Moonraker, I should just say, is a Roger Moore movie. Um, Roger Moore was the second, well, technically third Bond. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what, what's kind of interesting is how like the bond franchise is always just very reactionary to whatever was popular at that like era or yeah. decade yeah and moonraker this movie that comes out in the 70s that's very much like space yes. because the 60s and the 70s were all about sci-fi yeah so it's this weird thing that just does not fit in james bond at the, all the two like running themes in bond is like racism <laughs> and like picking locations like random locations throughout the world and then just being like super racist to them and we'll get into that sooner than you think sooner <laughs> than we think yeah and then the second one is just like those kind of themes like they have the underwater theme a space theme yes. like snow like a yeah, snowy mountain multiple snow themes yes so those are like the two kind of things that are running through all the bond movies yeah absolutely um, yeah, Moonraker. It's a, it's a weird one. Would you, uh, we can also add this as we go through the list, is this something you would, like, ever recommend somebody watch? Yes, because it is the worst one. Okay. And I feel like it, you have, like, it's the ones in the middle. Yes. They're the ones that I wouldn't recommend to people. Okay, that's fair. I would always recommend the best and the worst, because the worst you'll have a good time laughing at, saying what the hell's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the best are just ones you enjoy. But the ones in the middle are, like, the forgettable ones yeah. that you end up just... You watch it and then you move on with your life. So yes, watch Moonraker. Do it. You'll okay. you'll love how much you hate it. That was a really good take. I agree with you. I think that yeah, this one is ridiculous enough that it's uh, memorable. So yeah, that's and yeah. that's the thing is we do remember it because it was so bad. Yeah. Unlike some of these other ones. But yeah. We'll get to it. We'll get to it now. Um, I'd like to go right from number seventeen to number sixteen because you brought up racism, and I think it's time we talk about. Number 68, our second worst, worst movie, with a score of 62 out of 100, Live and Let Die. Live and Let um, Die. Live and Let Die is Roger Moore's first movie as Bond. So maybe we can just say now, Roger Moore, again, I think is a good Bond. All the different Bonds have different vibes. The Roger Moore, like the Connery, it's kind of this constant sort of like Batman. We recently talked about this with Batman, how Batman constantly flip-flops between silly and like dark. Yeah. And James Bond kind of does the same. So the Sean Connery movies, obviously by today's standards, aren't as dark as the Daniel Craig movies. But those movies try to be serious spy movies. Um, and the Roger Moore movies are very campy and silly. Yeah. Um, a lot of one-liners in the Roger Moore Lots movies. of Lots of one-liners. And yeah, Live and Let Die, you know, I brought up racism. This movie is basically about... A gang of black people yeah. that are evil. All, all, in this movie, yeah. all black people are evil. It's just it's like, a thing. This isn't just like, this isn't even just a joke. Like, Angela and I were paying attention, and like, anytime a black person shows up in this movie, they end up being a part of the same gang and end up being evil. Yes. And it's really, it, it's like the, multiple scenes, like multiple parts of the world or whatever is like going on. Yeah. And they're all like evil for yeah. some reason. Um, And here's the thing, right? Is I have heard people say, that they think this is the best Roger Moore Bond movie. Really? The first one? Yeah, Live and Let Die. Yeah, the first Roger Moore. Now, it's possible that we were so caught off guard with the whole black gang of evil people <laughs> thing that we maybe missed out on a genuinely good movie. 
I mean, I just, I remember there was a really good, like, speedboat chase. Yeah, It was kind of ridiculous because he was, like, jumping from, like, the water onto the road, then back into the water. Yeah. Like, I remember that scene specifically. That's another thing with the Roger Moore movies is that there's always crazy vehicle. Like, that's where all the crazy vehicles yes. start, I feel like, um, is these movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you have any recollection, anything to say about Live and Let Die other than racism? It had an amazing song. I will never forget well, the song to Live and Let Die. Oh, no, no, no. Die. We'll talk. In a lot of these cases, the songs are kind of flip-flopped <laughs> with the quality of the movie. Um, there are some really awesome songs. And yeah, Live and Let Die is one of our favorite songs. It was a great song. I'll spoil for you. Like, But when we get to our song rankings, that yes. one's up there. It's awesome. But aside from that, not much other recollection, really. And, and this is the thing, right? Like, I really, really like Roger Moore's Bond. Yeah. But he's done too many movies. And yes. because he's done too many movies, it's really hard to distinctly pick like what happens in which movie he's done. Absolutely. And I also think this is the part of Bond where everything starts to meld together. And I don't know if it's simply because he did so many or if it's also the style of the movies. Like, they stop being as... I don't want to say stop being as unique, but they just all have the sameness to them. Yeah. Like Maybe the, because they're campy. I don't know. Like the Sean Connery movies... I feel like each one is pretty memorable for some reason or another. Yeah. Maybe it's because they were, like, exploring ideas there. Maybe. But, like, Roger Moore's, the plot to each movie is either, like, there's a bomb, or, like, yeah. someone's gotten kidnapped, or, like, Bond's been framed. But because every plot is the same, like, yeah. what, do you, what do you do with the movies, right? Yeah, exactly. They're great action movies, but you don't watch it for the story. No, and that's the thing, is that, like, with anything, action is going to get worse over time. Yeah. Generally speaking. I mean, there are very few exceptions to this. So, you know, if you have a bad story, an unmemorable story, I'll say, yeah. it makes it tough to go back. And, and keep and keep in mind, too, when we were literally, like, binge-watching these, we were watching these back-to-back. -back. Oh, my God, yeah. So, like, sitting through, when you're on your third or fourth Roger Moore, yeah. Bond movie your mind just goes blank and you're just watching it. Like, I'm pretty sure at, like, the third or fourth movie, we just stopped talking. We just stopped no, making I... comments <laughs> to each other. Like, we're just, like, every once in a while, we'll be like, wait, what's going on? Or we'll be, like, three quarters through the movie and we're like, wait, what's the plot? Like, yeah. wait, what, what's the goal here? Yes, and that's something that I, I'll be honest, I always feel like I struggle with with spy movies in particular, mm -hmm. is what's the plot because most of the time the plot is just bullshit to have action yeah um and so i feel like i've been trained to just like not absorb it as well <laughs> yeah and so, so whenever a spy movie whether it's like some of the modern mission impossibles or even the modern bonds where they actually have engaging plots it's yeah. always so nice because yeah looking back at this and i remember watching it and you know hitting pause to get a drink and there's a <laughs> half hour left and i'm like what's happening like yes. angela just explain it to me and angela would be like i literally couldn't tell you no like, um, they're they're fun to watch, but they're not engaging. Yeah, they're, they're really not. not. Exactly. Like they're not a gripping style of movie. Yeah, hence the score of sixty-two. Yes. All right, now we move on to number fifteen on our list, which, crazy enough, is a two-way tie. Ooh. So, uh, both these movies, we gave a score of sixty-eight out of a hundred. We're almost up to an average. We're almost <laughs> like up to an yeah. average score. Yeah. Uh, the first one is Thunderball. Yeah. Which is a Sean Connery movie. It's Sean yes, Connery's it fourth movie. Mm -hmm. uh, and the next one is Die Another Day, which is Pierce Brosnan's last Bond movie. Yes, it is. Okay. Now, I'm looking through my notes. I have no notes for Die Another Day, and I have one note for Thunderball. Oh, God. And it just says, too long. Yeah, that, that was your take on it, huh? Yeah. So, Thunderball, you'll remember this. The yeah. opening scene had the jetpack. 
Do you remember oh, that's right. Bond's jetpack? Yes, the jetpack. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was Thunderball. Okay. Okay, so there was that, and then Thunderball was also the movie that had the underwater oh fighting scene with the harpoon guns. Oh my god. So okay. like Thunderball was one of the more like adventurous ones where they, they were kind of like pushing the envelope a yes. little bit of like what they can do with this. Um and then yeah, my, my next note outside of like those big scenes that I knew you'd remember is I don't remember the plot at all. I don't remember the plot whatsoever. I could not tell you what Thunderball was about. No. I could tell you that the movie was good. It was definitely too long. It was very slow paced. And the jetpack and the underwater fighting scene will forever be ingrained in my memory. The jetpack because of how ridiculous it was. Yeah. And like the underwater one, just because it was like really cool, because it was a really old movie that they were yes. trying to do something like that. But I just remember, like, slow motion, like, punches and hits. And that's where the too long came from. Yeah. It was definitely slower paced. The Um, problem there was, right, and we we talked about this when we watched it, is clearly they went to great lengths to shoot this underwater stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually surprised how good it looks for everyone that came out of the 60s. But it is like, there's like a half hour dialogueless (laughs) underwater action sequence that just, at a certain point, I'm like... I don't care. Yeah. Like, and that's how this movie ends. Like, that's the big final thing. And so, yeah. I've had no need ever to go back and watch this again. Because I was exactly. like, this was a mess. And then, like you said, no idea what the plot was. Um, then we said it was... It's tied... Die, Die Another Day? Yes, Tied okay. Die Another Day. So, Die Another Day, it starts with Bond being captured. And, like, he was being ransomed. And they um, traded him for some other guy. Okay. So... Bond just went on, like, a killing spree because he wanted to kill the guy who, like, set him up, essentially. What? Like, that's kind of, the, like, the plot of how it starts. Are you serious? Is this the plot of the movie? I'm, I'm pretty sure, unless I'm, I'm, like, 95% sure that's how it starts. Okay. Um, there was the secret agent girl by the name of Jinx. I remember that. Yeah, Halle Berry, right? Yeah. yeah. And then this was the one that had the satellite laser. Oh, Like, there my was, God. like, the diamonds and yeah. all that, the conflict diamonds. Like, that was the main plot, and they needed them to, like, fuel this laser... And then there was, like, the Ice Palace. Mm, they, yeah, like, go yeah, to the yeah. Ice Palace, and then Bond was, like, driving on ice and sliding everywhere. And... Yeah, this is right at the end of Pierce Brosnan Bond. It, it is. Literally, I mean, it's his last one, so this is the point where it's kind of, like... Which is unfortunate, because it's the worst one. Like, oh, he, yeah. he ends on such a poor note, but... Yeah, um, and I also think it's interesting, like, both Thunderball and this are tied, because they both, just from talking about the, what we remember of the plots, they're both really high concept, I mean, at least this one had a plot. Yeah, well... <laughs> it wasn't a yeah. good plot, but I could tell you what happened in the movie. Yeah. And you remember. Thunderball, I can't tell no. you. They both have high concept elements, though, like, of whether it's the jetpack and the underwater fight or yeah. the snow stuff and the, the laser <laughs> from the sky. Like, they all have those those weird James Bondy tropes in them, which is funny. Um, mm, something else you might remember. The fencing scene. The sword oh, fighting that's scene. that's a good scene. That was also in Die Another Day. Okay, that that was a good scene. like i mean you can just watch that on youtube you don't need to watch it in context of the movie but that's a great scene <laughs> that is because it's like one of the few scenes that's not a dumb cgi blow up fest it's no. just james bond and this other guy sword fighting and it's it's lit it it's start, really it good. starts with fencing and then i think like bond was winning so the other guy who was like the main villain he got pissed off so he pulled out a real sword and they started like actually sword fighting yeah 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 you know what you know what's crazy thinking back to these two movies i'm surprised we gave them the same rating because talking about thunderball i'm just like eh. and but yeah. talking about this one i kind of get a little excited but i think it's probably one of those things where you remember it better than it was because this one has 
a few standout good scenes yeah that were like oh yeah that wasn't that bad right but, but I everything think, in the middle i think if we went to watch it we'd be like oh no we can't ever watch this movie again yeah. i'm pretty sure that's what would happen that's fair um yeah moving up the list to number 14 this one may be a shocker for some people but i'm gonna stand by it and i think you probably will too i'm curious to hear what you think with a score of 69 out of 100 yeah. Just beating the ones before by one, by one point. Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're already jumping right over to Daniel Craig. Yeah, the second Daniel Craig Bond. This... We really put this one this low. Like this is I'm like one of shocked. the This is one of the iconic, I feel like, Craig movies is Quantum of Solace. Yeah, well there's not a ton of Craig movies, but I mean, here's the thing, right? Is I think I think the problem with this movie is twofold. One Unlike any other Bond movie, this is the first one that is a direct sequel yeah, it is. to the one before. This movie picks up at the end of Casino Royale, yeah. and the entire plot is tied into Casino Royale. But, problem number two, this movie is not even remotely as good as Casino Royale. Now, looking at this list, is this movie actually a 69 out of 100? Is it actually number 14 on this list? Maybe, Maybe. not, but... The problem is, because you have to watch this movie directly after Casino Royale, you're always comparing it to the best Bond, and so it always seems worse than it actually is. You know what I mean? That too, and, and it was a very like unfulfilling movie. And you'll, you'll yeah. remember it as we start to talk about it. So this was spoiled for me because I think, timeline-wise, I played the game Quantum of Solace yeah. like, on the PS3 before um, I saw the movie. Mm -hmm. And they were really, really close. Like They did a really good job of it. So like... Uh, Quantum of Solace, there we had Camille, right? And Camille yes. was the girl, like, one of the main girls for that Bond movie, and her family got murdered, and her entire backstory is just like, I want to kill the guy who murdered my family. Right. Then by the end of the movie, she killed the guy that murdered her family. Big surprise. And yeah, And then they just revenge. moved on with it. Yeah. yeah. And then Bond was the same way. Like, he's coming out of Casino Royale, he wanted revenge of the murder of Vesper, the mm -hmm. girl who died in that movie. So then he goes and just goes on a murder spree, as Bond does. And then by the end of the movie, you remember they're in that desert place. They had the big explosion. Yes, that's right. The and then the movie just kind of ends. And I don't know. It's just unfulfilling in comparison, especially yeah. in comparison to Casino Royale. Yeah. And I think the other problem too, and this is a little bit behind the scenes, but while this movie was being made, there was a huge writer strike in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. The Writers Guild went on strike. Um, so they basically had a first draft that Daniel Craig and the director were just kind of rewriting on set as they went along. So there really was no script. Yeah, 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 that sounds good. Let's do that one again. Yeah, and, you know, the fact that the movie, again, even turns out as good as it is, like, it probably shouldn't be this low because it had such an uphill battle for all the reasons we just outlined. Um, but I also think part of the problem with this movie, too, is that there's nothing, again, coming off of Casino where there's, like, such quintessential set pieces, such a quintessential yeah. bad guy... Such quintessential Bond things. You this... don't like Dominic Green, the well, most memorable Bond villain? Yeah, but that... the, the problem with this is that this could just be like a born identity movie. Like, there's nothing about this movie that, like, is James Bond in any way. Yeah, I mean, like, other than Camille and Bond and their revenge stories, I couldn't tell you anything else about Quantum yeah. Solace, really. No. Like, any other, like, major plot points or, like, cool, like, yeah. story things that happened. Well, and then, so Dominic Green, that's his name, right? Yeah. Okay, so he's supposed to be the head of. Quantum, which is this big organization of evil people, which at the time in the original script was supposed to be Spectre. Oh, yeah. Because that's the famous James Bond organization. Yes. But then I guess they didn't have the rights to use it or something. 
So they just changed it to Quantum, but then when Spectre comes out and they did have the rights, they were like, well, Quantum was actually just a subdivision of Spectre. And it's like, oh my god, like, talk about how not to plan a franchise. Like, that is so lame. This is how you write yourself into a hole. Yeah, exactly. Like, they should have just completely changed the plot, not had it be some organization, and just wait till you get Spectre, rather than have to do this weird retcon that it's a like subdivision of Spectre. Like, that's so dumb. It's and it makes me hate this movie even more. You know what? I'm glad this is where it is on the list. Yes. Just for that. That's just stupid. for that. You know what? We're done talking about done. it. We're yeah. moving on. It's the worst. All right. <laughs> let's move on. Let's go, let's get back to something a bit more lighthearted. Some good old racism. Uh now this is number 13 on the list. Uh coming in with a score of 70. And I would just like you guys to know that this movie really has some racist shit in it and it still made it to number 13 on the list I above think, other I ones. think I know where we're going with uh, this so one. with a score of 70 out of 100 a B minus uh, you only live twice yeah. so this is the movie where Bond becomes Batman I mean Asian I yes. mean an agent yes. Yes. yes he's one of the three one of the three yeah. Um, but yeah essentially Bond dies at the beginning of the movie yeah. quote unquote and then he wakes up in Asia, and they train him to be a ninja slash agent. So, but then he gave him that wig and everything. But then he, be- yeah. So, also, so for some context, this movie was. Um, wait a minute, do I have the order wrong here? Oh no, I did have the order wrong. Never mind. Never mind what I was about to say for context. Let's just get into what this movie is. So, what this yes. movie is is like Angela said, he goes to Asia. Somewhere in Asia. I don't even know. I don't have written down. I don't have context. Um, And he goes there and he's trained much like Batman and Batman begins um, to be like a badass ninja. Except he also like... Needs to hide his identity because he's quote unquote dead. Yes. So he like dresses like an Asian person. But then they give him that like bowl cut. They give him yeah. That stereotypical like Asian haircut wig. Yes. And then the very racist like they give him like the eye yeah they do the eye thing uh it's really bad and yeah he and then so you just have like sean connery scottish man walking around dressed like in a racist asian costume for a large part of this movie for a large part Um, of this movie it's weird but you know what did come out of this movie that you might not remember blofeld you don't know it's blofeld at the time Mm. but evil guy in a chair petting his cat that starts comes in this? from this see that's interesting because that's like the most iconic bond villain yes and he comes from this movie that might be well, why no, blofeld doesn't come from this movie but like that scene where he's like petting the oh cat. that iconic scene like gotcha. where you got an evil guy with a cat on his lap yeah, yeah, he's like yeah, petting yeah, yeah. the cat that comes from the this imagery movie. that might be why we even put it as high as we did when we initially ranked this um simply just because well just because there's like iconic value in this yeah. even though it's not you know, good. Um, but then also you have to factor in like, and something we don't have here, like what was the runtime? This potentially could have been an easier watch. And I also do feel like, again, this is what? One, two, three, four. This was the fifth movie we watched. Yeah. So I think, you know, by the time we get to Quantum of Solace, it's like, fuck this movie. And we're like ranking it really bad. Whereas at the beginning we were kind of like, yeah, whatever. It was I mean, all right. Think about it this way too. We watched this right after Thunderball. Yeah. Oh, and Thunderball. So, yeah, so yeah, Thunderball yeah, yeah. was way worse. So in comparison, we were probably like, you know what? This one wasn't that bad. Exactly. Thunderball was terrible. Exactly. So, you know, there, there's a lot of factors uh, that play it, into rankings. It's impossible with a franchise this big. Unless you watch like one movie a week. But then if you do that. You're watching it for a year. And by the time you get to the end. It's like you've already forgotten. So it's like yeah. you almost have to watch them close to each other so you can compare. 
But if you watch them close to each other, the ones that you watch later on are going to favor less well because you're tired and... I was excited to be done. Exactly. At that point. Exactly. Like near the Daniel Craig movies, I'm like, yes, we're almost done this 25 movie marathon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, looking at this, I do think it's a little wrong that this one is lower uh, or above Quantum Solace. Like overall on this list, Quantum should be higher. Yeah. But other than that, like everything else I think kind of deserves to be where it is. And I just think we were bored of Quantum of Solace yeah. and this one we had a really good laugh. Sure. Uh, moving on to number 12, The World is Not Enough. The World is Not Enough. This is uh, Pierce Brosnan's third Bond movie. Comes in with a score of 71 out of 100. Just edging out You Only Live Twice. Literally, the only things I have for this movie is, like, the premise was 009, like, betrayed the MI6. And there was this one, like, Q quote that I remember that's like, I, I think Bond was asking him, like, what are the two, what are two things, like, that you recommend? And he goes... Never let them see you bleed and always have an escape plan. Oh, a nice little cue moment. But Please, we love a good cue moment in these movies. Yeah, other than that, I just remember 009 betraying the MI6 and then Bond had to go and stop 009. Yeah. Like, that's really... I gotta be honest with you. I, have, I, I cannot conjure up an image in my mind of this movie. I yeah. don't know which movie this is. I don't know. And you know what's fascinating, too? 009 and 006, I think, are the only ones that are ever, like, brought into the franchise, aside from, obviously, 007. Yeah. I don't know what happened to all the others. Who yeah. knows about, like, 1 through 5 and, like, 8, and then who yeah, knows who if knows? 9 is the last one? Who knows? Like, I, like, they explain what the, you know, 00 means and, like, how people get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they never really, like, bring any of the other 00s in very often, so Maybe in uh, No Time to Die. Maybe in this new one. We'll that get would some be more cool. 00s. Because I think there is that uh, woman, I forget what the actress's name is but i think she's playing a double o in the movie yeah and then there was like rumors that she's gonna take over yeah. as like the next which bond. like isn't gonna no one everyone's so dumb like that's not it's like anytime there's like a woman in a movie <laughs> just like the male internet is like she can't be this character yeah. and it's like nobody is saying nobody even this said that she yeah, was. first of all nobody even said that yeah. like anyway um yeah i have no recollection but i will say you know now that i have this chart up in front of me um, it's kind of interesting. Each Pierce Brosnan movie has the exact same number of sex scenes. Yeah. They each have three sex scenes, which kind of is like so crazy that they each have the exact amount that I almost think it might be on purpose. Maybe they were like trying to be conscious of that in the 90s of like how much sex James Bond has. Well, what what are the ratings for a Bond movie? Are they all like rated R at the time? Because maybe it's like mm, if they had one more, gotcha, then it gets gotcha, bumped gotcha. up a rating. Yeah, I don't but know. But they also have sex and violence, so like they were probably already rated high I'm anyway. assuming they were PG-13. You think? I think. Back then, I have no idea how ratings were. I have no worked. idea. But then again, this was like 2000s at this point almost. In 90s, so. not even. But well, yeah. 99 is The World Is Not Enough. Yeah. Oh shit. Is it really 99? Yeah, so Die right. Another Day is 2002, right? Uh, yeah. Damn. So like, we should probably know what ratings are like. That's not that long ago. I mean, ago. that's after we were born, technically. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know. That, that's oh, my God. thought. I, my thought is that if they added more, it would have got bumped up in like yeah. maturity rating. Bro, so you're telling me... Die Another Day came out three years before Casino Royale. That's insane. Because Casino uh, Royale came out in 2005. I have 2006. Oh, sorry, You're six, probably right. Six. Yeah. No, 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 it's six. I'm thinking of Batman Begins. You're right. It is 2006. Four years and the quality difference. It's like those movies are from different eras. And but I mean, like, like 2000 to 2010, like, think about how much changed. Oh, sure, sure. But I mean, like, yeah. Wild. Okay, yeah. uh, let's continue up the list. So that was The World Is Not Enough, right? Yeah. So now we move on to our number 11 spot, which is also a two-way tie, and also Ooh. 
This may also be a controversial uh, take. This I, podcast is a controversial yeah, take. Um, so at number 11, we have, first of all, our very first... Um, uh, what's his name? The other guy. The one who only did two. Two? Didn't he only do one? No, there's one that did one and one that did two. There's one that did two. Um, li- it's License to Kill. The movie's License to Kill. Oh, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton, okay. Oh my god, how could we forget about Timothy yeah, Dalton? Yeah, and this movie comes in with a score of 72 out of 100. Um, Timothy Dalton, I'm gonna say, controversial. I think he's a really good Bond. I think he's a really good Bond. I think he's like a forgettable Bond, like name-wise. Like you say Timothy Dalton and people don't like Yeah, people don't associate it with the Bond. Yes. But he did do a really good job in the movie. Well, what's interesting is with the whole flip-flopping thing... This comes after the Roger Moore movies. Roger Moore is Bond for, like, his whole life. Stops being Bond. <laughs> well, he makes, like, a thousand movies. And then yeah. Timothy Dalton makes two Bond movies. And these movies are trying to go back to the Sean Connery, let's take this serious again. Yes. And now we're kind of getting into the area, just even looking at the list. We're kind of in the middle of the list. And these are the movies that, unfortunately, I think, most of them actually have decent premises. But they just don't execute well on them. I mean, License to Kill, literally in the title, like, Bond gets revoked for his License to Kill. Yes. But then just goes out of his way to betray M, and then just goes, <laughs> keeps yeah. killing anyway. Which nowadays sounds like every Mission Impossible movie. Yes. But, <laughs> like, oh, he goes rogue. But, like, at the time, that was, like, a novel idea. Yeah, because, like, Bond was always known for kind of doing things his own way. But yeah. I, I don't think he ever went, like, fully rogue no, until, not, like, yeah. this came up. This is, like, the first bond going rogue movie and it's like a serious kind of action thriller yeah but i just think ultimately like we talked about it doesn't quite have that same like energy and like rewatchability yeah uh, but i i think this might be the first in the ones we've talked about this number 11 spot and the the next movie which we'll get to as well um which is tied which i don't think either of these movies are bad like i no. think everything under this is bad i think at this point we're at could be better but is watchable watchable and enjoyable and maybe not rewatchable um but interesting yeah um so i'm gonna also say tied for number 11 with 72 is specter yes that's where we put specter huh yeah interesting Uh, specter obviously the most recent daniel craig bond movie yeah besides no time to die which is about to come out as we talked about kind of retcons that Spectre was actually involved in this franchise the whole time, even though it clearly wasn't. Uh, well, until... no, it was. Like, Spectre was in, like, the really, Sorry. really old movies. Yeah, I mean the, the Craig movie, specifically. Oh, yes. Because it was Quantum, but then they were like, actually, it's Spectre. Yeah. Um, um, what I remember... So, yeah, we learn all about Spectre again, and yeah. then, like, the head of Spectre keeps making these, like, you know, rambles, and he's like, oh... You've known me forever, Bond. I'm surprised you don't know who I am. Yeah. Things like that. Um, I remember at the beginning of the movie, remember that really sick helicopter scene? Okay, yeah. This movie is one of the best cold opens of any oh of the Oh my Bonds. god, it was so good. It's so because, good. Because, once again, shocker, Bond was going on a killing spree. Yeah, of course. And after that, um, I think that's when the new M, right, at this yes, time, Ruffles suspended Ruffles, him, yeah. like, completely took away his double O, like, you know, certification yep. or whatever, like, give me your certificate back. Um, and then, yeah, then we learned it was Blofeld makes a, makes a comeback because he never dies. And he's like, I've caused all your misery and killed all your girlfriends your whole life. <laughs> yeah. I've gone out of my way to kill all. And also we're half brothers question mark. Yeah. And then at the end of this movie, like Bond had the chance to kill him and they didn't. And he then did. he got arrested. Of course. So 
Blofeld makes a return in the next movie? Who knows? He's in the trailer. Is he? Yeah. I'll admit I didn't watch the trailer. Yeah, well, he is in it. He well, comes there you back. go. Um, not as the main villain. I think he just goes to visit him, and Blofeld is like, ah, so you've come to visit me, have you? You know, like that trope. Oh, yeah, man. this movie, I mean, we won't get into too many details, because I do think we'll probably just talk about the Daniel Craig movies one day. Yeah. Um, They're worth talking about. You know, this one, again, it's frustrating because there is so much good stuff in it. Like... The opening scene is awesome. It was amazing. Everything that happens with Day of the Dead is fucking awesome. Um, and even like, then you get, you have a classic James Bond in the snow kind of yeah. set piece. That whole sequence is really good. I think where this movie kind of falls apart is like, they, they first tried, of all, it's too long. They tried to make amends for the last movie while like orchestrating a set piece for the next movie yeah while also trying to like give homage to the old bond yeah so it's they too were much. doing way too much it's way too much and the problem is too like the movie like ends and then there's a whole other action set piece yeah like it's crazy like it goes on for way too long the editing is kind of awful uh with the pacing anyway but they also couldn't split this into two movies no because if they did they would have lost the audience yeah, yeah. So they were, like, in this really weird situation, like, right after, like, Skyfall and everything. Yeah, and, and I also think it, it sucks because Blofeld, you cast such a great actor to play him. Yeah. Um, oh, my God, I am blanking on everyone's names right now, but the guy from the Quentin Tarantino movie that I also get... Inglourious Bastards. Um, God, I can't... Christoph Waltz. Christoph there Waltz. There you go. Good job. So, yeah, he is obviously so villainous, and I think he is the perfect modern-day Blofeld, but... It sucks because they do the thing that, like, the Star Trek movies did with Khan, where, like, if you don't, if you're not us, and you don't know that Blofeld is a villain, yeah. the, the whole crux of this movie is, Falls apart. is the plot twist that he's Blofeld. But if you don't know who Blofeld is, then this movie means nothing. And right? can, can I also yeah. say I'm really tired of plots being, like, I've orchestrated your whole life and you've never known. I've always been behind the scenes pulling the strings. Yeah. Just like, no, you haven't. Like, some of these things just happened by chance. Yeah, it's kind of shitty. And also, I I don't like... I I just... I'm kind of over the villain that's like 17 steps ahead of the hero. Yes. Like, that... Not that that can't be interesting, and Dark Knight does it so well with the Joker, but it was kind of like post-Dark Knight. Every big franchise was like... So I'm intentionally going to get myself yes. captured because yeah. that was my plan this whole time. And now I'll escape and I'll fuck everything up for you. And it's like, oh my well, God. Well, let's just be fair. And it pains me to say this. It's not hard to outsmart Bond. No. Bond is a well, terrible secret agent. Bond's an idiot. Bond is like the worst spy yeah. ever to be known to be called a spy. Yeah. Bless his soul because I love Bond as a character. But yeah, and he's terrible at his job. Yeah, he is the worst. Um... <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, middle of the list. Let's move up from here. Uh, so at the number 10 spot, uh, with a score of 73. So again, just nudging out by like one point there. We yeah, have... we made, this is why we didn't do out of 10, if you well, remember. Well, we would have had to do decimals, yeah. Because like these are we these are all so close together. Yeah. Because we didn't want to just have like a 10-way tie, but then we had to say, okay, which one would we rather re-watch again? Exactly. Is what it kind of came down exactly. to. Exactly. Um, so, uh, the first spot for this two-way tie is For Your Eyes Only. Oh, this is another tie? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. For Your Eyes Only. I don't remember this one. It is a Roger Moore one. Comes after Moonraker. Um, could not tell you what happens in this movie. Um, the only scene I remember is, he was, like, they got captured, him and whoever the female was in the movie, mm-hmm. and they were tying them up, 
and the evil villain was making his evil villain speech and then um, the girl's freaking out and Bond's like, don't worry, we're not dead yet. And then the boat just drives and they're attached to the boat and they're being dragged underwater. Oh, God. And, like, Bond was, like, cut or something, so, like, sharks were, like, yeah. smelling the blood. That's the only scene I remember. Um, but other than that, I have no other recollection. There was a skiing scene, but what I've actually noticed is there's a lot of skiing scenes oh, in these yeah. Bond movies. Okay, I don't remember this either, but... So the... Oh, okay. Oh, you know what? I remember one thing from this movie. Ooh. Because in the, the, the area where we talk about sex scenes... Um, I have marked down that there's only one sex scene, but then I had in brackets that we went negative. So technically there was more than one sex scene, but there was something so stupid that happened that we gave him negative sex points and then had to like move him up by giving him positive points. Did he turn a woman down like those throwing herself at him? I don't remember. I have no idea. For your eyes only. I don't know. Maybe he didn't look. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, huh. let's, uh, let's move on since there's literally nothing to talk about. And then also at the number 10 spot, I cannot make this up. Octopussy. Yes. Octopussy. So this is literally, there's two movies. This is one of the ones where Bond saves the day by sleeping with the woman. Yes. And what I mean by that is the woman he chose to sleep with was like the head of one of the organizations yes. that controlled like all the female agents that like kicked butt. Um, but yeah, her name was Octopussy. Like, that was actually her name. Not only was it the name of the movie, it was the name of her. Like, she called herself Octopussy. Yeah. Um, there's a weird, like, octopus fetish, and, like, Spectre's symbol yeah. is an octopus. What's with that? I don't know. Um, anyway. Yeah, and then the movie took place in India a little bit. I don't know if you remember that. I don't. I don't remember this movie. Yeah. This this whole number 10 spot is just could not tell you what happens. Um, and see, that's the thing, right? Because... This is why when you ask me what I recommend the bad movies, yes, because we remember them. Yeah. They're memorably bad. This middle range, they all blend together right. so much. Oh, yeah, like, you're totally right. This is, yeah, nothing. All right, let's just move to number nine because yes. I know nothing to say. Octopussy, funny name. Okay, number yeah. nine. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, number nine coming in with a score of 74, so only <laughs> one, one point, point higher again. And this we're, trend the, is gonna, yeah. we're the worst critics. Well, because the, all these movies are the same. Like, how do you differentiate? Okay. You don't. One point. So number nine uh, coming in, 74, is A View to a Kill. Okay. Um, I don't know if I remember this movie. I thought this one, everything that I had in my mind for this one was the one after it. It's not okay, actually okay. this one. So let me, let me try and jog your yeah. So this movie had a plot, I think. I think. You hope, yeah. And, and the plot was, I guess, to like destroy Silicon Valley or something along those lines. Um, what you might remember. So there was a female antagonist. Um, her name was Mayday. She was, like, a tall, like, black woman, and essentially she was, like, a spy killer. Okay. So her and Bond throughout the whole movie were, like, having this dynamic where they are trying to, like, capture each other. Um, part of it takes place in Paris, and there's a scene where they're on the Eiffel Tower, and Bond, like, catches Mayday, but she ends up just bungee jumping off of uh, Paris, like, the Eiffel Tower. Okay. You're not remembering any of Angela, this. Angela, I want you to know, you could have said literally anything right now, and it would have jogged my memory as much as the things you just said. I, um, I have zero recollection. There's, a, there's like, a Fast and Furious scene in there where the, uh, <laughs> the female character who's helping Bond is driving a fire truck. And he's holding on to, like, the fire truck ladder, and he's being, like, swung around as they're driving through the city. Okay, I'm actually concerned. I actually, <laughs> I am no, I don't think I watched this movie. Um, and then the, like, last scenes, they're, like, in a blimp, 
And, like, Bond falls off the blimp, and he's, like, holding onto the rope, and he's, like, being dangled. Okay, I remember that. Okay. I thought that was from the next movie. No, that's that's the end of this movie. Okay, I do remember the blimp. So, like, honestly, the only, like, super memorable thing would be Mayday, like, the character. Yeah. But since you don't remember her, you don't remember this movie. Okay, great. So, I don't know what else to tell you. All right. Well, moving on the list. Oh, one more thing, actually. Yeah. Um, Bond's driving a car, and the car's falling apart. And at the end of the scene, he's just driving the front two wheels of the car. And oh, the I remember. Wheel. That's from this? That's from this movie Okay, I do well. remember so, that. Yeah. That was a funny scene because he's just driving the front two wheels of a car. Yeah. Uh, was, that, that was good. That gives me a laugh. But that's it. That, that's all I have. All right. Moving on to number eight. Like, once we get to the top five, we'll have more to talk about because they'll be memorable again. But, like, these <laughs> Don't know about couple, that, but okay. Well, we'll see. Um, number eight is coming in at a score of if i can just find it here 75 okay not too bad so i want to say like these this is the range where i'd start calling movies like good these, like anything above 75 i would say are okay like good. these movies. are good and i would also throw in there like iconic there yes. are a few just looking at the list above this that i don't necessarily think are great but are just so iconic that yeah. they have to be there um so number eight is a three-way tie oh my gosh uh, one of the movies is on her majesty's secret service really she okay. thought it was going to be our worst one just because it's the only like i see i don't even remember the name george george Lazen, yeah so for anyone who doesn't know um sean connery after you only lived twice yeah said he was done being james bond yeah and then this guy named george Lazenby came in made this movie on her majesty's secret service that's the only one he did and then sean connery came back after this movie shocker and made diamonds are forever so I will, I will say this. It had an amazing opening scene. If you remember, it's the first, oh, like, avalanche scene, like, yeah. the skiing scene, and, yeah. like, the avalanche is, like, following him, and for some reason, all, like, the, like, the ski can't keep up, and him on his skis mm-hmm. is keeping up. So it had a sick opening scene. I'll give it that. But I will say, there's also a scene where Bond just, like, with a woman. This is the scene I was going to bring okay, up. And this is why I thought this was, like, the worst movie, because yeah. just this scene Well, just this scene off. alone. It, and then this woman, like, runs away, and Bond looks into the camera. At the camera. And says, this wouldn't have happened to the other guy. And it, like, oh. Like, like, because obviously this is the first time Bond had been recast. Like, yeah. up until this, it had just been Sean Connery. So, they're trying to, like, acknowledge that. By breaking the fourth wall, it's really weird. It, it is. Especially for a movie that's, like, in the 60s, where they don't break the fourth wall. No. Like things like this didn't happen no. then. And the rest of the movie doesn't break the fourth wall. No, like the rest it's... of the movie does not acknowledge that he's the new Bond at all. But yeah. actually, if you watch the trailer, because I watched some of the trailers for these, they do acknowledge, like, the entire trailer really? is about, like, oh yeah, like, seeing the new Bond, and they're, like, making jokes about it. So maybe it's, like, that, that was their plan. Maybe. But it was not executed That's well. That's fascinating. Um, yeah, I don't remember a ton about the plot of this, but I do remember coming away with, I mean, we both kind of felt like it was a good Bond movie, but this is the worst Bond. So, yeah, and, and you know what? Looking through, like, some of the notes that i have of things i remember i now know why we gave it such a higher score so two scenes you'll probably remember one memorable one not um bobsled scene he's chasing the main villain in a bobsled and they're like shooting back and forth that was cool yeah that was cool and then the end of the movie was really good so maybe this is why we rated so high i'm gonna call it like iconicism oh yeah yeah yeah. i know what you're talking about yeah bond finds who he's finally gonna consider the love of his life 
I don't remember if he proposed to her or like they talked about getting married. married. Yeah. But before the movie ends, there was a drive by and she gets killed. Yeah. And then it was at that point forward where Bond's like, I will never love a woman again because it hurts too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's like, like, I honestly, like thinking back, it was better than I thought. I think it's just the one scene that pisses me yeah, off so much. Yeah, at the beginning, yeah. But um, like the actual like movie itself was really, it was, it was a good Bond but yeah it's pretty solid um and it's funny it's like interesting because i think like specter ends with bond and this woman who's going to be his new forever woman like running away and retiring and in the trailers for no time to die it starts with them like being in their car and getting cornered by bad guys so i kind of feel like no time to die might in some way be taking influence from on her majesty's secret service maybe actually i'd kind of like to rewatch this one um, before No Time to Die because I think it might be a little bit similar plot wise, which could be interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the other, well, the second of the three movies that tied is uh, The Spy Who Loved Me. The Spy Who Loved Me. This one I think is this high, and I think I forced you to put it this high for premise alone. This movie has an awesome premise. This and movie also has the most awesome car. Yes. But we'll get to that. Um, so the premise of this movie at the beginning of the movie, so every Bond movie has a cold open. A random action scene. Then we go to our, like, credits with the Bond music, and then we get into the movie. Most of the time, the cold open has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. No, it's just a really sick action scene to get you hyped for what's coming. And what's cool is in this movie, it starts that way as well. There's a, a ski fight again. Once again, they love their ski they fights. They love their ski fights, and James Bond just kills someone, some bad guy, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Then the plot of this movie kicks into high gear, uh, and it, it ends up where uh, Bond and this Russian female spy have to work together yeah. um, to go on this mission to stop this bad guy. And there's like, cool, they have a really good dynamic and it's fun. And then there's a plot twist like halfway through the movie where you find out that this Russian female spy's husband mm -hmm. was the guy James Bond killed in the cold open. Yeah. Which is like has never happened before. And so they then they have this like mini fight at the halfway point, but they decide this really cool decision where they're like, okay, we have to work together to save the world. But she says to him, like, once it's done, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Which is, like, this awesome tension. And then it's just this incredible premise where you know that they're working together, even though she's going to try and kill him at the end. And then they save the day, and then they just have sex. Also, this was the movie that introduced Jaws. Yes, this is mistaken. the movie that, yeah. So they had that cool fight scene on the train, Jaws, oh, Jaws yeah. and Bond, if you remember that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so this is so much iconic stuff in it. Such a fun premise. And it just sucks. I remember both of us being so let down that it just gets to the end and Bond is just sleeping with this woman. And the yeah. whole premise of like, well, now we have to fight and deal with our issues. It's just like, no, they just had sex. Yeah. And she forgave him. Like, Which is the end of most Bond movies. Like, <laughs> funny enough. For anyone who's listening to this, if you just Wikipedia a Bond movie and read the last sentence of the plot, it literally reads the same every single time. Bond and blank slept together. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the end of like every Bond movie. Yeah. Unless she dies. Unless she dies. Which sometimes happens. Yeah. It just sucks in this one because this one was so close to being unique and cool. Oh my god. If they actually had like a fight scene and like yeah. Bond had a killer, that would have made it like so This would have been in like my top three yeah. if that happened. Because this is a really, and I would I would say honestly like watch this one. Yeah. And I think everything from this point watch for one reason or another, but this one in particular, I think is just like, this one is solid. Yeah. Um, premise alone, I think it's cool. So then we move on to the third place in this uh, number eight I'm spot. I'm so curious what the third one that tied. Like, those two movies, I understand why they tied. I don't know what our third tied. The Living Daylights. The Living Daylights. So this is the last Roger Moore movie. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. 
This one, Christopher Walken is the bad guy. You have an iconic actor as the bad guy. You have an iconic theme song, one of my favorites, but we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, I just remember, I think we both kind of felt like because this one was towards the end of Roger Moore, it was a little bit more modernized. And because you had such a dynamic villain, it was kind of memorable in that way. Um, and it was just a solid watch. Wait, I don't know if wait, it's wait. good. So, like, I have no notes on this one. I don't remember this one at what all. What the fuck? Okay. And, and I think the reason why is because I'm confused. Because I also have here that The Living Daylights was the beginning of Timothy Dalton. But you're also saying it's the end of Roger Moore. So, who played Bond in that movie? Oh my god, wait. I'm totally wrong. Oh my god, this is why I've been confused this whole time. Why? Because... A View to a Kill, that's the one with Christopher Walken. That's why I was confused oh. with the hot air balloon, and I was saying I thought that was in The Living Daylights. Okay. You're totally right. I am so sorry. A View to a Kill is the last Roger Moore. The Living Day Daylights is the first Timothy Dalton. Well, at least I got something right, because I have no recollection of this movie outside of it's the first and Timothy Dalton. And I'll be Dalton honest, movie. I was also trying to remember why it was ranked this high, and I was like, I guess it was for Christopher Walken, so that's why I was saying, like, oh yeah, Christopher Walken's performance. No, no, no. You're totally right. Living Daylights, first Timothy Dalton, this, but this is, like we talked about with License to Kill, like, yeah. mo more modern, like, gritty yeah. spy movie Bond, um, and I think it was just, I think, a, fresh, a breath of fresh air, and yeah, also- we were coming out of, like, Roger Moore, yeah. and, like, we were, let's be honest, we were getting tired at that point, like, Roger Moore, amazing, amazing guy, like, amazing actor, like, he did a really good Bond for such a long time. Yeah. But when you get to, like, the last couple movies, it's like, okay, like, your time is, is slowly coming to an end here. Yes. And I think, again, that this falls into that category with the other two of, not perfect, but it's a good watch. It's, yeah. like, a worthwhile Bond watch. Alrighty. Now we move on to number seven. This is controversial. I'm going to say Oh, it right I can't now. wait. This is going to be controversial for a lot of people. These are the most fun ones. But number seven, coming in at 76, once again, one point above the worst critics in the world look we're rating 20 something movies okay yeah like, um goldeneye goldeneye yes the first pierce brosnan a lot yes. of people consider this to be one of the top three bond movies it it has a special place for me the game the game and the movie both but i mean i think i think it is like in comparison to what we're about to talk about yeah. i think it makes sense um, the premise of the movie, if I'm remembering it right, yeah. is like they had the big EMP, I think, that they yes. wanted to launch off. That's right. Um, the cold open was Bond jumping off the dam. Great. Which was amazing. Like, okay, Bonds have some of the best cold opens of any series. I know. Um, Bond fights with 006, so this is the movie where 006 Yeah, is this it. is the cool plot twist. 006 dies in the cold open, but yeah. then ends up being the villain at the end of the movie. Yeah. Awesome plot twist. This one, again, I think falls into that same category as the ones we talked about before, of just cool premise, but not quite executed. As well as it could have been. Yeah, and I think a lot of people look at it with rose-colored rose glasses, where they're kind of like, Goldeneye, that was the first Pierce Brosnan, and it was one yeah. of the really good ones, but it's yeah. like, going back, no. Like, there are in fact better ones yeah. which we'll talk about um but it is good it is good yeah like you gotta think every ranking from here forward like we're in the good range like these are good movies yeah i mean once we get 80 we can say like they're really good yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. um there no there were really good uh, scenes with q in this movie um something you may remember is bond driving the mini tank yep the mini tank oh, I was in this yeah, movie yeah, yeah, the mini tank um so yeah like it, it was good golden eye was good um the game was great the movie was great like i think it, it replaced it where it should be. yeah i think number seven is a fair spot yeah. for Goldeneye. um now coming in at number six with a score of 77 goldfinger 
Goldfinger. So now we're going old school. Yeah, now we're going now old school. Now we're going to the more Sean Connery route. This is, yeah, the third Sean Connery one. This is also the one that is credited with kind of setting the formula for what a Bond movie is. Bad one-liners, great music. Cold open cold into, opens. yeah, the, the great musical score. Um, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Yeah, capturing Bond, the crazy villain plot. Like, when you think of James Bond and James Bond tropes, you're thinking of this movie. Also, something else controversial. Um, Golden uh, Goldfinger has the beginning of Bond's iconic vehicle. And I know some people, like, oh, Bond's really? driven a lot of cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I personally associate Bond with the Austin Martin. Of course, yeah. And then Goldfinger was the first Austin Martin vehicle that Bond drove. Wow, fascinating. He, so he is... bumped around to like BMWs and yeah, like some yeah. really old school cars. But in my head, the Austin Martin is Bond's car. So like this started that. Interesting. So this is, really is then, yeah, one of the the entry point for a lot of what makes Bond good. and But also what makes Bond bad. Yeah. And I think even a note here that I have in brackets for it was just a good start. Because I think this movie, yeah, from cold open to opening sequence to the initial buildup of the plot is really good. Even to when he gets captured and is being tortured. Yeah. The villain, obviously, Goldfinger. No, Mr. Mr. Bond expects you to die. Iconic. Amazing. The laser shooting up at him while he's pinned down. All of this. All of that, I would say, is like 10 out of 10 up until that point. Like, And that is what makes like a spy, too. Like When yeah. you think of spies, that's kind of what you think of. And they did such a good job. And I think the only reason it's ranked as low as it is and it's not higher um, is because... From that point on is where you get into some of the ridiculousness of Bond being captured and yes. escaping and being captured and again. And then it's the same formula. The same formula over and over. And then you also get into, this is the one that I was talking about where there is a straight up rape scene that... Yeah, I literally have here, like, Bond's flirting is aggressive. Um, yeah, I mean, there is a, a woman... I forget the exact plot. Uh, oh, also this movie is Oddjob, which is the guy with the hat yeah. that throws his hat that has a razor blade. I know we're jumping around a lot. You know what else this movie has? What? The beginning of terrible women names. The woman's name is Pussy Galore. How could we forget Pussy, Pussy Galore? Galore? Which, again, though, in a like fun, cheeky way, because he wakes up on the plane after he's been kidnapped, yeah. and he's like, who are you? And she says, Pussy Galore. And then he, she just smiles and says, oh, I must be dreaming. Yeah. Which is, like, hilarious. But in, like, a... Like a fun way, yeah. not in like a like like a Bond way, not like octopusy in like a fetish way, but just in like a like a fun way. That's um, a fetish. Jesus Christ! So yeah, this movie is so iconic. But again, I think it's so let down by the ending where they're long story short going to rob a bank or something. Or I don't something. know something to do with gold. And Bond ends up sleeping with like the female like head hench villain, I guess. But when I say sleeping with, I mean he like corners her in a barn and like oh yeah has sex with her like, she, like while pushed, she's saying she pushed, no. She pushed him down, then she tripped her, then got on top of her. And yeah. Happened. Um. But then because their sex was so great, <laughs> she comes back at the end of the movie and literally saves the day after yes. he's lost. Yeah. So like that is why this movie's so knocked down for us. I feel like it's because the first three quarters is perfect quintessential Bond, yeah. like everything you want. But the ending is so lame and so problematic that it's just like it's so frustrating that by the time you get to the end, you're left with such a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. But hey, what can you do? I know. Um, the other thing too, because I'll never forget. Like in my head, this is what started the bad one-liners. Maybe you'll remember this scene. 
Bond throws a bad guy in a bathtub, yeah. and then he throws a fan in there, and then he dies, and he goes, <laughs> and he goes, shocking. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. This is the, ah, I wish I could just watch the first three quarters of this movie and yeah. just, like, imagine a different ending. I mean, I guess I could do that, but, like, I mean, yeah. there's so much good, fun stuff, so many great visuals. Uh, it's such a great, like, almost perfect Bond movie. Almost. Anyway, moving up to number five is another three-way tie. <laughs> wow. Three-way tie up to number five. Now, this number five spot, I'm just calling it right now. This is just what I'm going to say, the iconic spot. Yes. There are movies on this... Almost every movie on this list, I think, should be lower. Like, objectively. Fair. But each one of them is so important for different reasons, um, and enjoyable for those reasons, that it's here. So, uh, the first one... Oh, by the way, every movie in this spot has a 78 ranking. Pretty good. So, B+. Um, The first one is Dr. No, the very first James Bond movie. Yes. The, one of the iconic cars, iconic opening scene where he's walking into the frame, he turns and shoots the camera. Yep, and the blood it, it comes all starts down. here. Um, Bond, what's your name? Bond, James Bond at the poker table. Yeah. That's from this, one of the first scenes. It's just, there's, like, it's the first one. So, of course, it's going to be the iconic one. Because yeah. it sets the theme for everything else going yeah. forward. This one has, in terms of, like, why I think it should probably be ranked lower objectively, the pacing is really weird. There's a lot of, like, watching James Bond get into a car and drive to a hotel and walk up to his hotel room. And, and like, the music. Yes. Is this the one with the suitcase where, like, he was walking to the yes. car? And you have, like, the classic Bond theme song going on. Yeah. And it's, like, super, like, hype. But then nothing's going on in the, in the movie. And then there's, like, fight scenes and chase scenes. And they have, like, generic just, like, driving exactly. noise. Exactly. So it's weird, right? Like... A lot of the editing of this, exactly what you said, is just when nothing is going on, they're blasting the James Bond theme. Yeah. And then during fight scenes, there's nothing, and the pacing is weird. And it almost just feels like, again, this movie came out of the early 60s, and it's like, this was the first of its kind. Like, nobody really knew how to make an action movie like this. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why we gave it such a big pass, too, is because this is 1962. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think we're trying to put ourselves in that mindset of, like... In 1962, this movie was incredible. Yes. Like, for the time, it was amazing. Like, now, of course, we're going to think it's pretty terrible, because it is. Yeah. But, again, iconic. Iconic. You can't not give it that. Yeah, and I think worth a watch for it being so iconic. Yeah. Because it introduces so much. Similar to Goldfinger, but in a different way. Goldfinger introduces a lot of the very tropey stuff, but this just introduces a lot of the pure, like, cultural nostalgia for Bond stuff. Exactly. Um... Also tied at this spot is uh, Diamonds Are Forever, which is Sean Connery's last official outing as James Bond. Yeah. Uh, Diamonds Are Forever, again, this is coming off of On Her Majesty's Secret Service, mm-hmm. where his wife was killed at the end. So this is a straight-up revenge movie. Yeah, and it was uh, one of the first casino movie, uh, scenes that yeah. led up to Casino Royale. Like, you see Bond in the casino and flirting and all that, so that was cool. Yeah, and I think this one's just high because I think we probably, at the time, kind of felt like this is... Actually, it's not the best, but it's just like, it's one of the quintessential Sean Connery ones, I feel like. Um, Just a solid Sean Connery, James Bond action movie um, that I think holds up relatively well, probably. Yeah. Um, I still remember him driving, like he was at some weird base and he was driving like that little space car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dome on top and he was driving. I don't know what, what it is with Bond driving like weird small vehicles like i don't know the tank the space car i don't even know if we got to the movie yet with like the little plane just the funny vehicle the the funny visuals hilarious vehicles um also tied at the number five spot 
The man with the golden gun. The man with the golden gun. So this is our last Roger Moore movie on this list. Um, yes, it is. And I think it's his best one by far. This is the the premise of this is that there's this guy, this assassin, the man with the golden gun. This is the iconic golden gun that's like yeah. famous in Bond now. Who has a golden gun? Yeah. Played, played by Christopher Lee, famous villainous actor, Dracula, Count Dooku, Saruman from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lots of other stuff, but those are the three <laughs> that I'm going to name. Um, yeah, and he plays uh, the man with the golden gun, who's this assassin. And Bond, yeah. basically, long story short, ends up on this guy's island, and it turns into this thing where this guy's hunting Bond for sport, almost. Yeah, he's no, like, that's exactly what it is, because yeah. that's what he does, is he enjoys hunting people, and he's, like, playing Bond for sport, and Bond's just part of this man's game. Exactly. Like, he gave MI6 uh, one of his golden bullets that was, like, inscribed with, like, 007, and it was just a really cool, like, spy, like, chase spy yeah. scene. This, uh, you have, like, Knickknack the Midget, like the Midget Butler, if you remember him. Okay. Um, this might also be the movie, I don't know if I'm getting it right. This might be the movie where Bond actually saves the day, uh, like he stole a computer chip or something, and then the woman comes in and switches the computer chip and puts the real one in there? No, that's another movie. Was it another one? I think so. But you know we the scene We should still talk about the scene, yeah. Like, oh my god, like, Bond actually did it right. He, like, finished the movie 20 minutes early. Yeah. <laughs> he stole the thing he needed to steal to make sure the bad guy's plot didn't work. And then the female, like, main character at the time took Bond's chip, who what she thought was the fake one, switched it again, so she put the real one back in, yeah. and then made Bond have to go through 20 more minutes of movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember us being so angry when I that happened. I thought it was this one, because I thought it was like the blonde girl in the bikini, but I don't know. But I think that one was on a boat. I think that whole chip thing happened on a boat. And not on an island? No, not on the island. I'm Maybe. pretty sure. I could be wrong, but I, I think it might be one of the ones from the middle. It might be Octopussy. I don't know. I don't I'm just glad we're talking about it because it's a terrible scene. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we got well, to no, bring it was that a great up. scene. It was a frustrating, yeah, frustrating. scene. Well, because we were like, oh my god, the movie's done. Yeah. And then she switched it and I paused it and I realized we still have 20 minutes left. I and I was like, know. fuck off. Are you kidding me? Uh, uh, anyway, that was the number five. Okay, now we get into four. Top four? Top four. And Top each one four. of these is a single movie, okay? So, coming in at number four, Cracking... The 80s with Ooh. a score of 80 and A minus from Russia with Love. From Russia with Love. So, this is officially our highest ranked Connery movie. Is it? Yeah. Interesting. So, from Russia with Love, this is the second movie in the Bond series. Yeah. And this was the introduction of Spectre. Yes. So, I didn't know this. I found this out today, actually, in my research. You don't remember? Uh, no, but you might not either. Did you know Spectre actually stands for something? I do, but I don't know what it stands for. Special Executive for Crime, Terror, Revenge, and Extortion. <laughs> Jesus Christ, are you serious? <laughs> so I'm just going to repeat that again. Special Executive for Crime, Terror, Revenge, and Extortion. And That's this is, Spectre. like, said in the movie? Yeah. Oh, my God. I think it's, like, dialogue that shows up, like, on screen or something. Okay. But, like, because I think it was like, you see some guys chasing Bond, and they're like, oh, they're from Spectre. Spectre, like, is this. And it, like, pops up. But, gotcha. Yeah, I totally forgot that was a thing. That, that came up when I was trying to remember these movies, and I'm like, that's terrible. Like, actually that's terrible. That's actually awful. Um, I just remembered this one, because obviously we watched Doctor No, and we were like, okay, iconic, iconic, but eh, kind of hard to watch. Yeah. I shouldn't say hard to watch, but kind of, like, weird to watch. Yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't feel like a modern movie. But mm -hmm. I remember watching this one, and both of us being like, Oh, this one just was like interesting. Like it just had an interesting plot 
Yeah. It kept you going from scene to scene. It was well paced. I remember there was like a whole sequence on a train. Yeah. Kind of like in the movie Spectre where there's a sequence on a train. Yeah, yeah. But this one, you know, I remember that being really enjoyable. Um, yeah, I just think it's... It felt like more of like a thriller than like an mm-hmm. actual like action movie. Yes. And even the girl that like Bond was, I'm going to say, macking it to, she was a double agent too, if you remember, yes. in that movie. So yeah. like there was so much going on. But it was so good for like what it was, and, and I think exactly. this was 1963. Yeah, like, this came right at like the year after the first Bond movie. I know, and I think to your point, I think part of the reason why it works so well, and I still consider it one of the best, is because unlike the first one, I almost feel like they understood the limitations of like making an action movie. Yes, and they focus more on the like espionage side. Yes. so it really is just like a thriller espionage, um, and I found it really interesting. It was. It was good. Highly recommend. Number three. This, okay, I've said this a lot. This is our most controversial one. You think so? no one on earth has this opinion but us. So no one else is going to put this at number three? No. Okay. Coming in at 84. It's a Daniel Craig movie, isn't it? No. Oh. Coming in at 84, Tomorrow Never Dies, which is Pierce Brosnan's second Bond movie. Right. Now, I remember, I had always heard my whole life, Goldeneye, incredible. Yeah. All his sequels, bad. Yeah. And I'm telling you guys right now, Tomorrow Never Dies, the second Pierce Brosnan movie, is just a better Goldeneye. Like, it is... Oh, boy. Uh, do you disagree? I don't me? disagree, but just saying that would spark so much, but I, I, I know. I think people haven't watched the Pierce Brosnan's movie in a long time. I think they remember them from theaters, yeah. and they're not objectively thinking. Like, if you... I'm telling you, this movie is solid. Like, yeah. it's a good time. It is. I mean, I like, I don't even know really what to what to say about it. Uh, you had, what, the Chinese agent yes. that was part of the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember um, the plot because none of the... All the Brosnan movies are very much like, we need to do this so we can get to this so we can go to that. Like, yeah. they're not, like, complex character plots. No. But all those movies are focused on as being fun action movies, and this is the most fun action movie yeah. out of any. I just remember being, like, sitting back, having a good time, and when we were done, I was like wow, damn, that was an enjoyable ride that we went on. Yeah, because it wasn't even one of the ones where you have to, like, you don't have to know what's going on. You don't have to know the plot. You no. don't have to, like, follow this super convoluted, like, story or characters. Yeah. It was just a really enjoyable time. Exactly. And, and it was. Like, this one, I feel like, more defined what an action movie is. Yes. You don't go to an action movie to think and to theorize and to, like, conceptualize. Yeah. You go to an action movie to sit back, eat your popcorn, yeah. and just look at the screen and be like, wow, this is cool. Wow, you can't believe you did that. Yeah. Yeah, this is, like, the modern, like, what people talk about when they talk about Fast and Furious. I was just going to say that. This is, like, this is what Fast and Furious tries to be. Yes, this is what Fast and Furious tries to be, but fails at because it's so annoying well yes. you disagree with me but whatever okay well i actually still haven't seen the new one but okay. anyway yeah story for, for another day. For, for another day but um yeah this is like the quintessential just quote-unquote shut your brain off movie yeah you can just enjoy it but in a good way in a good way because it's done well yes coming in number number two. two we all know what number one is so number two is going to be interesting uh process of elimination there's only one left that we haven't talked about but Coming in with... I'm looking at 25 movies. I don't I know, know I'm just one. kidding. I don't the... even know which one it is. I, I have the list. I know. With a score of 88. Skyfall. Oh, that's right. We haven't finished the Daniel Craig movies. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. So, like, Skyfall is the one I have the most notes on. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Because it it's is, great. It's great. <laughs> like, the cold open, again, on top of the train, like, the fight scene, and then the girl... Money bag. 
Is no, it, it's not Money Penny. Right? I don't think it's Money Penny, but I just remember it was like a girl that uh, she was trying to snipe like Bond and the main guy yeah, yeah, fighting, yeah. and then she's like, "I don't have the shot," and I was like, "Take the shot anyway," and she shoots Bond right off the train. It's right so into good. the water. Right into the water when you get the Skyfall yeah. so, opening credits. Yeah, and so oh right at the God. beginning again, you think Bond is dead. Yeah. So you go through the opening movie, and then um, the new the new M comes in and like revokes the old M of her duties in this movie. Right. And uh, Bond was announced dead. But then he ends up coming back. But he doesn't just come back as Bond. He comes back really, like, torn and broken. Yeah. He can't shoot anymore. He's having problems, like, with his body. He has to, like, reform himself from the bottom up. So it's, like, a whole different plot there. Um, Yeah. Uh, M was being targeted and killed in this movie. Yes. So there was that whole, like, side plot where they got all the double O, like, agent names. Someone was, like, specifically targeting M and, like, sending Mm -hmm. her all these threats. Um... Yeah, the the plot twist of the movie was it was a MI6 agent by the name of like Silva who like betrayed them. Yes, former agent. Former who agent didn't die when no. he ate cyanide because he was supposed to or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, he ate the cyanide and it didn't kill him. His mouth is fucked up. And then at the end of this movie, M dies. Yeah. So I mean, sorry, spoiler. It's a 2012 uh, yeah, movie. Yeah, whatever. So, you know. knows. But yeah, but, so M M dies, which was like heartbreaking in this movie, and you had like the whole final scene there. Yeah, like it was it was such a good and well done movie from start to it's finish. It's beautiful. It's uh, filmed by Roger Deakins. He did the cinematography. It's gorgeous to look at. It's like the best looking James Bond. Oh film. yeah, Roger Deakins is a fucking master. Um, yeah, at, at everything. I mean, like, like we talked about the score. I just think also this and the the number one spot, which is pretty obvious. But when yeah. we um. Both those movies just have, they're so, like, the dialogue is so well written in terms of being quippy and James Bond really always, like, even when people are roasting him, like, he's on top of the situation and can hit back at them and, oh my god, like, it's so engaging to just listen to, even. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the thing, like, unlike the other Bond movies, which had weird pacing from time to time, or, like, we say we like three-fourths of the movie, but then that fourth is, like, whatever... This Bond was good start to finish. No, this is great. Like, there yeah. was never a point in time where I found myself like bored or like drifting off. Like, Absolutely. It held my attention throughout and that's why it m- makes it so good. Yeah, and, and it has, it really does have the like perfect pacing of going yeah. from plot to action to plot to action and always raising the stakes. Um, yeah, and then even the, you know, at the end, Skyfall Ranch where James Bond grew up. Fun fact yeah. for anyone who doesn't know and I think... This one and the number one one we'll probably talk about in depth in their own episodes one day, but the Skyfall Ranch originally was going to be... Originally, this movie was going to try and make all the James Bond movies canon, because all the Daniel Craig movies have kind of been a reboot, almost, Yeah, where none of the movies before were. And then there was this popular fan theory that the reason why some characters stay the same, like M, is the same from the Daniel Craig Bonds and the Pierce Brosnan Bonds. Mm-hmm. And so there was like, well, how come some people say the same? How come Q was the same for so many movies? Whatever. There was this fan theory that the new castings we get as James Bond is just like when someone else takes on the role of double, 007. That was my primary thought too. Yeah. yeah. And you get the code name James Bond. And so the idea with this was going to be that Skyfall Ranch is like the retirement spot for, for double O's. And then, like, yeah, and so um, Daniel Craig and M would go there at the end of the movie and have a standoff with, like, Sean Connery and maybe Pierce Brosnan. Wow. And, like, all the Bonds would be there and it would be this awesome, like, plot twist reveal, which didn't end up happening, which honestly, honestly, I think is kind of fine because 
like if they did that that's cool and that's a fun fan theory but yeah. this movie just stands so well on its own that it's yeah. not, i'm not bothered by it i'm not like i wish they did that i'm like oh that's cool but like, i mean we gave it a what an 80 88 yeah right so if they added that in would it have went from like an 88 to like a 95 no no so like i agree it, it would have been cool to have but yeah. it wasn't necessary it's not necessary by any means. like would i have loved to just see that snippet on its own absolutely absolutely dude. but did the movie need it not no. necessarily that would have been so cool. That would have been so cool. All right, let's move on to number one. You guessed it at the start of all this with a score of 92, Casino Royale. Casino Royale. So, I mean, what do we say about Casino Royale? So, like, it's the first Perfect. Daniel It's the first Daniel Craig movie. Wait, well, before we even get into it, what did we give it as a score? 92. 92, there we go. So, there you go. We didn't give it 100, so it's a 92. Well, no movie is perfect. No but... movie is perfect, but still. So, like, when people think of, like suiting up when people think of like that era you think like casino royale like people yeah, say yeah, casino yeah. royale themed yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah like this you when you talk about iconicism when you talk about pacing when you talk about bond as a character like this movie kind of encapsulates all of it yes like there's high stakes literally high stakes yeah there's like love there's drama there's torture a great villain great villain like an intense villain all the way through fun plot twists yeah and, and- it didn't take itself too seriously. Nope. Like even doing all of that, there were still quips, there were still funny yes. parts. Like it was still enjoyable. And also, this movie, like we said, serves as almost a reboot to the Bond franchise, kind of taking it back to before he was even a double O. The movie starts with him getting his double O status. And yeah. what's so awesome about this movie is the way that they circumvent having to do James Bond tropes. By making it an origin movie where you can see like the proto version of James Bond tropes and they can but not in a like a Han Solo movie way (laughs) where it's like how did you get your name or it's like he's like what's your name Han I'm alone Han Solo like no it's not that or like take this blaster kid like it's not stupid shit like like I, I always think about the scene when him and Vesper by the way Eva Green my favorite Bond girl I think she's great I think she stands up with Bond in the movie she's yeah. not just a prop like she's also an interesting character I mean she died for Bond like she yeah. died to save him like she double crossed him but she did it because like they were threatened or yes. whatever yeah because she had her own shit going on yeah. yeah and like she really did love him and he loved her and yeah. then, like again it's complicated and, and that's the thing too because they redid Bond without having to re-explain who Bond is. Yes. Like, they, they started him, like you said, start to finish. He just got his double O status. Yeah. Just like in the other movies, he met his first love of his life, and he lost her, and now he's like, I quit with yeah. that. But, like, they did all of that without having to reintroduce Bond as a character. Yes, you just get it. Yeah. And But it's so fun how, like, there's stuff that... It works intrinsically to the movie, but then if you know James Bond, it, it's even funnier. Like, yeah. for example, when him and Vesper check in at the hotel, and the, the hotel concierge is like, what's your name? And he just goes, uh, it's James Bond. But just, like, not yeah. in a cool way, but he's like, James yeah. Bond. James and it's Bond. just, like, it's really funny, which obviously gets paid off at the end of the movie yeah. when, when we get Bond, James Bond as the last line of the movie, yes. which I think is fucking awesome it's yes. like the best ending to a movie it's the only time in the movie that you hear the iconic james bond yeah. theme is that very last scene incredible it's so well done and all the dialogue with him and vesper oh my i can talk about this movie forever um i just think yeah i mean it's it's just the best it's just it is you know what else too i think the reason i like it more than skyfall even though skyfall I'm going to say might be better paced. I was going to say the same thing. I would think it's better paced. It's a little bit better paced in terms of going from action to plot, action to plot. Yes. But I think the reason I like this one more is because you get a better combination of like 
espionage in action. Yes. Whereas Skyfall is oh, the Dark Knight came out, so let's have a villain that captures himself. And But he plans to capture yeah. himself. And it's like that over-the-top kind of villain, yeah. whereas this is legitimately just like a crime lord exactly. who's like trying to win money in a poker game to pay back debts that he lost. You know what yeah. I mean? And so it, it's very like grounded espionage combined with like fun action. And yeah, I just, yeah, this movie's great. And then Bond loses and he has to get paid back in by Felix. I yes. think it was Felix. Felix, and... who is a, an iconic character yes. from the Roger Moore movies. Yeah. Who uh, shows up here as well? Again, it's like it, it's the perfect way to reboot a series. Yeah, like yeah. they they perfectly rebooted it because they encapsulated everything Bond is. Yep. Without re-explaining it, they made it super enjoyable, super thrilling. Like yep. they, it was just it's perfect. This is why it's number one. Yeah, it's perfect. I also love when he's at the bar. Like Vesper tells him to like order like a very specific drink yes. or something. So he yeah. orders a drink. And then he drinks it and he goes, oh, that's actually pretty good. And it's like, it's a joke because like, this is his iconic drink, iconic drink. that he'll drink throughout the rest of the movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, just great stuff like that. And yeah. I, I just cannot recommend this enough. And I really do think, so this might be a, a good question for you too. I don't know how you feel about this, but I would say if you, for some reason, have listened to this and do, have never seen a James Bond movie, um, like start with Casino Royale. Like, I don't yeah. think... And I think you can start with it, and then as you learn more and go back to other ones, you'll come back to it and appreciate it even more. Yeah. But regardless, I think this is the best it has to offer, and I think it's totally accessible to someone that doesn't even know James Bond, because it's just awesome. Yeah, honestly, I think Casino Royale and Skyfall play off each other so well, yeah. too. Yeah, If you're completely new to the Bond franchise, treat yourself to those two. Watch those two back to back. Yeah. Then literally you can watch any other movie in any other order you want. Yes. But like start with those two and it'll get you hooked. And then like like Marco said, when you go back to watch the other ones, the first two you just watch will make a lot more sense. Yes. And then if you go back to watch those again, you'll probably like them even more. Exactly. It's like a, a feedback loop. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's great. Um, but what, it is an amazing way to start the series. And it's an amazing way to get hyped for the new movie. Yes, so. which is coming out, No Time to Die. Um Quickly, before we do the song, we can, the songs will be quick to run through. There's not a lot to talk about. It's just like, do we remember it? Is it a song? <laughs> what does it sound like? Like, there's nothing but, um. The, the best songs are the ones that were used in the title. You know yes. what I mean? Like, those are the ones I'm always going to remember. Me too. Um, yeah. So. And just quickly before we do that. Um, yeah. is there any chance No Time to Die, do you think, will be better than Skyfall or Casino Royale? I think it's going to be better than Quantum of Solace and Spectre. I do too. I do think it's going to be better than those. Will it be better than Skyfall? Like, that's the question. No, it's not going to be better than Casino Royale. But will it be yeah. better than Skyfall? I think it has the opportunity. Yeah. But I'm going to say no. Like, my gut instinct, I want to keep my expectations low. I'm going to say no. I am too. But I love the cast. Yeah. Love the director. Love... Everyone involved love what I've seen from the trailers. Yeah, like the opportunity is there. Yeah. But I have, you know, a history of being let down when I yeah. when I really want something to it's be It's tough. Dead. It's tough when you put your hope in something and yeah. then it, yeah, it lets you down. Um, but, you know, we can see. Yes. Yes, we will. All right, let's quickly run through these songs here. So oh, boy. The songs, songs, there are also some ties. Of course. So, you know. So I'm going to start at number 16, You Only Live Twice. You Only Live Twice. Do you remember it at all? Uh, we're just gonna breeze through these because i don't well, don't get you have them here can we scroll can yeah yeah let's see, see. oh it's right here you only live twice you don't have to like can we listen to it yeah let's try and listen to it let's see what happens if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't oh an ad that's an ad 
You gotta love an ad. I mean, this is the worst song, so maybe we'll enjoy the ad more. Maybe. Oh, is this the one with, like, the... I mean, I remember it. Don't get me wrong. But I also just feel like it's an orchestra. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, don't like this. No, it's eh. Eh. Anyway, I mean, I, I feel like when was you only live twice? It was an older one, right? Yeah, it's one of the one yeah. of the Connery ones. I mean, maybe we just don't like '60s music, right? Like some of the other ones are pretty high on here, though. Ah, uh, fair. All right, so then yeah, we got it was uh, too much of an orchestra, too slow. Like, yeah, boring. Even the way it's sung isn't very exciting. Number fifteen, Moonraker. Moonraker. Don't really. Don't know. Number 14. Again, I'm only really going to remember the ones that are, like, named. Yeah, exactly. Or the ones I can sing immediately. Exactly. Well, that's how you know, and I feel like that's how you'll see with it. So number 14 is Another Way to Die from Quantum of Solace. I feel like... Can we we click... Yeah, we can click that one, because that one's not... That's not... It's a a newer song, right? So... Would it be near the bottom? Yeah, right here. Quantum of Solace. Am I dumb? It's right there. There we go. It's right on it. This just sounds like a traditional rock song already. I think it's by Jack White and Alicia Keys. See, again, I think this one has the problem of having to come after um, Casino Royale. I don't know. I, I think the way we rated these two is like, does it make sense like for Bond as a character? Yeah. Like, movie aside, when we're thinking about these songs, it's like, do these songs make sense for Bond? Yeah, exactly. And no. When I think of Bond, I'm not going to think of this. Yeah, exactly. This is not. Um, this is not. Not it. great. Not it, Chief. Then we have number thirteen, "Die Another Day," which is the Madonna one. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even going to play that. No, 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 no. I I remember. I'm like, oh, I know this one. This is the Madonna. I didn't even say it was Madonna. I'm like, this is like, this is good. Like, this is a good song. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this and is then, a good song. <laughs> and then it came on, and you looked at me, and you're like, what the hell is this? Jesus Christ! Is it even on this list? Uh, it's not even here. That's how bad it is. It's not even on this list. That's amazing. No, okay. So like, die another day. Like as a song, I, I enjoyed it as a song. When I was a teenager, it was it was a decent. It's an okay song. It's just a Madonna song. It's does, not it, even, yeah. does it work for Bond? No. no. Does it work for the movie? Not really. No, it no. has the name, but like I could sing it. I'm not going to. I'm no. gonna save your ears. Thank but you. like, yeah, no. It it I, I it's an iconic song in my head. It's a terrible Bond song. Correct. And uh, that leads us to number twelve, which is Nobody Does It Better from The Spy Who Loves Me. I remember this one was more of like a love ballad. This one's not really like a like a song. Fun song is yeah. more like a yeah. It's about who loved me theme song. Let's see. Yeah, see, I remember this one already, and it never picks up from this pace. Yeah, that's lame. Yeah, like don't get lame. me wrong. Again, okay song, not a Bond song. Yeah, this is not something I'm gonna be like. Oh, this is from James Bond. Yeah, uh, number eleven. The world is not enough. Don't remember. Don't remember. Whatsoever. Okay, number ten. Uh, I think we have a four-way tie. <laughs> <laughs> we are the worst critics ever. Okay. Or wait, wait. One of these might be. Is there a movie called For Your Eyes Only? Yes, yes, there is. Okay, a movie then called... this is the four-way tie. I thought maybe I accidentally <laughs> wrote. Wait. 
Is there a movie called Tomorrow Never Dies? Yes, yes there is. Okay. Are um, you a Bond fan? Yeah, not really. So, uh, number 10, we have tied uh, For Your Eyes Only, License to Kill, Tomorrow Never Dies, and The Writings on the Wall from Spectre. Got you. So, I feel like this is just middle tier. Did we give these rankings? Number oh, we rankings? did. We did. But they're all just like 72, 72. So, oh. like, it's, they're all so close. Uh, once we get to the higher rankings, I'll say, because those ones are actually more interesting. Got you. This, I mean, yeah. this, this area is all in the 70s. Like, with the songs... Really, the only one that we have that's low is um, You Only Live Twice, which we have at 62. Yeah, and but then everything's 70. Everything like is mid-70s, so after gotcha. that. Anyway, uh, number nine, we have From Russia With Love, Yeah. All Time High from Octopussy, Yeah. and Goldeneye. So now, is that another three-way tie? That's another three-way tie. So we had a four-way tie, then a three-way tie. Yes. We let this happen? Yes. We actually couldn't decide any I, of these songs were better than the others. We're useless, yeah. Um, wait, 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 now please tell me. This three-way tie, are they a 73? Okay, nine. Because the four-way tie was a 72. Golden... Uh, where's Golden Knife? Fuck. It is a 73, I yeah. hate us. I actually hate us as yeah. individuals. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say right now, Goldeneye seems a little low here to be tied with All Time High from yeah, Octopussy. Can, can we click Goldeneye? I yeah. want to listen to the Goldeneye. Because Goldeneye is really good, if I remember correctly. Ooh, maybe you're not remembering correctly. Uh, it's possible. Go up. I'm pretty sure. Oh, it's right are... here. Right oh. here. Goldeneye. Oh, it's a Tina Turner one. See, this is already better than a 73, I feel like. But let's see. Yeah, this isn't bad. I mean, it's average and it's rated average. Yeah. I guess a lot of the ones after this are like really good, so. Yeah, now listening to this, again, okay songs. Yeah, you know what? But not a Bond song. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, Tina Turner, you did a good job. I'm... But like. Nice try, Tina. It's just um, not a Bond song. All right, let's move up now to the number eight spot, another three way die. Oh, 74. Uh, Please. Yes. Oh, so we have a three, no, a, a four-way four tie at 72, a three-way tie at 73, yeah. then a three-way tie at 74. Correct. We so, are the worst Raiders ever. Uh, number eight is Diamonds Are Forever, A View to a Kill, and yeah. Skyfall. Okay, I, I can think of all three of those songs. Me too. This is the area now where we are into good music. Diamonds Are Forever is the one that I think popped in my head first, though, out of yeah. those three, surprisingly. Like, I can still sing Diamonds Are Forever in my head. It was it was a good one. But everything, so the other two. Everything from here up, I like have on a playlist. Yeah. And I listen to. Um, and I know people are going to be like, Skyfall is only number eight. Listen, Skyfall is great. Like, not that it's not, but like, I don't know. It, you and I also are obviously into like rock music yeah and so uh, some of our songs not even though it's funny like some of our songs are more biased towards that but not all of them I mean, um, there's biases and everything right? yeah but skyfall I, again i mean i think diamonds are forever view to a kill those are all really really iconic and i think skyfall is in a good category with really iconic music so yeah. you know people just need to chill out this is, <laughs> this is great uh number seven is live and let die yeah we already talked about live and let die the song is better than the movie the song is one of the best james bond songs it's so good it's so good like, ah, if, if I had a singing voice, Marco, I, I wish I could I sing. Know, I, I, I understand. wish I could sing. Uh, number six. This is a great spot. I listened to both these songs just Oh, for so fun. this is a two-way tie. Yeah. Um, the Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah. Super upbeat, super fun. Oh, yeah. And then The Living Daylights. 
Yeah. Which, Angela, you and I, I used to put the song on in the car, and you and I would just sing the song constantly. <laughs> it is yes. so much fun. Oh, man. Um, at the number five spot, Goldfinger. Yeah. This is, again, much like the Goldfinger movie. It, it, it establishes just, what yeah. a James Bond theme song is. Like, Goldfinger itself is just such a well-done movie. Yeah. Uh, at the number four spot, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. Um, which song. was it was like a remix of the instrumental yeah so that's pretty solid at the number three spot thunderball one of the Man, worst movies but, but one of the best one songs. of the best songs it is so good tom jones oh my god this song slaps so it's for, for anyone who can play a little for bit anyone who's it. listening like don't watch the movie just go listen to the opening theme song like live your best life and then save yourself an hour and a half of misery This is so good. Like, come on. This is just iconic Bond. (laughs) That's okay. It's so good. It's so good. And even the credits are so good in this one. Oh my god. This song is just... Yeah, it's I so mean, good. Like, if you're trying to tell me Skyfall is better than this, like you're out of your mind. This song is so good. <laughs> it's just so, it's so bad that everything went downhill from here. Yeah. Like, so down. <laughs> so down. So, uh, let's... Uh, so, we're at number three? We're at number two. This was number, number three. So, Thunderball, we gave an 87. Yeah. Um... Our number two spot, we gave a 93. Ooh, good music. And this is You Know My Name from Casino Royale. Yes. Now, listen. Should we just play it anyway? Yes. Just because we can. Just because we can. We'll play the top three. Because this one is so good. It's so good. And I know, like, this might be controversial because it's like a Chris Cornell rock song. But still... Let's just play the first little bit, and then I will analyze what I love about it. If you take life, do you know what you get? So let's just talk about this. Okay, and like, if you, I know you guys can't see it, but like, go watch it. Even the like 
fight like there's this whole fight scene going on and like yeah they have the whole like, motion graphics oh it's, oh, so, it's good. so good but it's I, so good okay first of all just the fact that the song is named you know my name yeah which is just the, the meta commentary there that first of all this is like a reboot of the franchise it describes the whole movie it's, in the exactly. first three minutes exactly it's it's a reboot of the franchise um like at this point in the franchise everything was dead and like nobody really cared and so we're coming in with this new energetic movie the song is called you know my name which is like this like smug play on words of like yeah and it's like a rock song instead of like a slow song but then also the fact that it ties into the end of the movie when you get the bond james bond moment like of you know my name um and then also yeah you listen to the song all the lyrics are like they tell you the plot of the movie but not in like a spoilery way but just in like a listening to it after way like all about like the odds will betray you and yada yada like it's so they knew what they were doing it's so well written and it's so well organized. And like Chris Cornell, like RIP, gone too soon. One of the best, like modern, I shouldn't even say modern. He was around in the 90s, but like not classic rock, like yeah. new era rock, rock stars. Um, so talented. Such a well written song lyrically and then music wise, like just just the combination of like rock music, but with the James Bond horns and stuff yeah. in there and the, the two. Oh, it's so good. It, it was planned. This whole this whole movie, this whole it's so like, good. Everything was planned to a T. I know. It's and incredible. It's such a good job. It's incredible. And and like, yeah, just the way that it functions in context in the movie, but also just like as a meta commentary on the franchise is like it blows my mind. Just go listen to the song on your own. Just like forget yeah. about Bond. Like it's a good song. Yeah. Just go listen to the song. And right. then, but that's not even our number one. No, and like no. this is how hyped we are for number two. So but everyone knows number one. Yeah. I feel like everyone's like, maybe this won't be like their number one, but it's in the, it's always in the top three. Well, it has to it's be. not even, I mean, it's a cheat and we gave it a hundred because it is a cheat because this is Bond. This is, yeah. no, you can't listen to this and not think it's of just, James Bond. it's just the James Bond. Don't even tell them. Just, just <laughs> listen. Not this. You're cutting this anyway. I like how none of these ads are skippable. What a waste of my time. Come together. Ralph's Club. The new fragrance. Ralph Lauren. Okay, so here we go. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I know it's a cheat. This was the the only song that they had in the original movie. Um, and it's just, it is the James Bond theme. And it's it's the, it's the instrumental that all the rest of the movies are based on. Like and I was just going to say, I think this is my favorite because this is the only one that doesn't have lyrics. This no, is the it's instrumental. Just this is, like, the Bond song. This is, what, like you said, this is what they use for every, like, for some reason, non-action sequence in all oh the Bond God. movies. Well, yeah, it's like this. All. So, I don't know, just, you cannot think of Bond and not think of this song. Exactly. This is 007. Exactly. This is 007, this is Bond, and yeah, it's the best one. I mean, it's it has to be the best one. Like, <laughs> it just, it is. Yeah. Um, and yeah. if, if you don't think so, you're wrong. Exactly. <laughs> like, period. Fuck you. Like, now, I, I'll give leeway to all the others, you're wrong about this one. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, obviously we haven't seen the movie to No Time to Die, like we said, so we couldn't really rank that. I hope it's good. I have heard the song for No Time to Die. Have you? The no. Billie Eilish song? No. Okay. 
I mean, we well, can... maybe I actually don't know what song they're they're using. Like I know I. It's called No Time maybe. to Die. Oh, then no. I think. Um, I don't know. Like listening to it, I would say again we'll have to hear it in context. To me, it kind of sounds like it would probably be somewhere under Skyfall. Yeah. Like it's good, but it's just kind of like a not Skyfall Skyfall. Um. Yeah. So, I'm thinking it'll probably go there, but I don't know. We'll have to hear it and come back i mean hopefully it's one of the ones you know movies better than the song i'd be okay with that hopefully i don't care yeah that would be great <laughs> that would be fantastic i mean yeah all right we did it we finally talked about all 25 bond movies well we tried to i mean we some, tried of them, to. some of them i just i still don't know but some of them are blank from our memories from forever yeah. so i mean i don't know anyway at, at the end of the day would i recommend binging all of them no no would I recommend watching the worst and the best? Yes. Yes. Do I think everything in our like 70 to 75 category can be skipped? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but is Bond an amazing character? Is he iconic? Is he like everything I want to be as a spy? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Hey everyone, this is future Marco going back to edit this podcast. Uh, just wanted to let you know, just put in a little editorial here saying that... Uh, Angelo was not, in fact, a spy. Just listening back, it kind of sounds like he's implying that maybe he is a spy. Um, but he's not. He's just a person that lives in the same city as me, and we're friends. He's not a spy. So, yeah, just wanted to put that out there. Thanks. Like, I'm so glad we sat down and did it, because... Oh, me too. Like, I don't know. I just, I love knowing the roots now. I love seeing yeah. all that Bond was and what he could be. And I just hope, you know, that they don't screw up the series now, because now it holds a dear place to me. Fingers crossed. Well, it's going to be interesting to see, because this is officially Daniel Craig's last one. Yeah. And we'll see what he ha- what happens. I don't know. Because this era, I mean, look, there's been some misses. Quantum of Solace, not great. Yeah. Spectre, not great. But ultimately, I think this era has been successful. Yes. This is one era. It produced the two best ones. Like, regardless, regardless of what order you put them in, the two best ones are from this era. So I'm really curious to see what happens going forward you know it's gonna be really weird though what's that like don't get me wrong daniel craig you're doing amazing he is showing his age in these movies yeah okay? oh yeah it's gonna be super weird to see like aging daniel craig and then if they cast like a new and young bond yes that's gonna throw me for such a big loop well that's the question since the craig movies were the first reboot are like, we gonna, just gonna reboot it are again? we gonna now reboot again or are we gonna continue are we gonna try to have continuity are we gonna do you what know they used cool? to do if they actually had a segue and like killed this bond off and then had a, a new, new double not even like yeah but had like a new character that became like a double o yeah. agent yeah like if they could somehow like maneuver their way through that that would be really cool i think so but i don't think they know who they're gonna cast as a new bond yet I don't so know. they can't i don't know unless it is in the new movie and we're gonna find out that would be cool but i guess we'll have to wait and see because like then the next movie could be like oh like the original double O couldn't do it. What makes you think you can do it? Exactly. Kind of and if they can like keep the same bad guy or something. Yeah, that would be and nice. And then it would be like the new Bonds, like, you know, rise to, you know, legend status or mm-hmm. whatever. Like that would be, that wouldn't be anything unique, but it would be cool. Yeah. I mean, it would be unique to Bond. It would be unique to we've Bond. We've never had that kind of continuity before. We've so. never had like a Bond actually die. They just keep changing. Yeah. Or fake die. Or, well, yeah, <laughs> we've never had a Bond actually die, just then, fake die a bunch. And then come back as an Asian stereotype. Yes, um, as Batman, or as a cripple, or... Yeah, or all the things. Or just all the things. All right, Angela, well, thanks for joining me. Yes, thank you for having me as, yeah. a, as a special guest. Hopefully one day I would like to talk with the full cohort and yourself about Casino Royale Inspector, like, 
on its own. Or Skyfall. In detail, because yeah. I think we all kind of just love those movies. So yeah, those we'll be, have a lot to talk those about. Those would be nice to talk about. And um, maybe after, I'm assuming we're going to go watch the new Bond movie. Yes, so maybe we can do something about yeah, that. Yeah, maybe we'll get Dan here and we'll record like a mini a mini bonus episode just as a quick review after that. I'm curious to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, so, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how uh, you guys like me. Now we'll see if I'll stick around. Yeah. So yeah, this has been a longer bonus episode. Normally our bonus ones are meant to be a bit shorter, but this one was just something... Again, 25 movies. How could it not yeah, be this long? And it was something we didn't want to do like on the main channel because we already have like a whole schedule on the main thing. So we kind of put this as a bonus one. But hopefully you guys enjoyed. If you did, um, you know, thank you for listening. As always, we always appreciate it. Um, you can find us in the usual spot, wherever you're listening. I don't know. We always post there, though. We haven't changed anything. Um, we are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, as well as like pretty much every podcast streamer. Uh, you can check on... Um, I forget the name of the thing, but it's in... Tonight is just a bad night for you're me. You're such a stuff. good... Like, I'm so tired. Um, what do I even call you? A podcaster? A podcaster, yeah. <laughs> go ahead and... go. It's Anchor is what it's called. But go ahead and go to our Instagram. Click the link in our bio, and that will tell you where everything is. Yes. Just search up the Feature Length Podcast, because we're the only thing called that, so you'll be able to find us pretty easy. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think that's pretty much it. Guys, stay tuned. I don't know when this is going to be released, so I don't want to tease the next real episode. Ooh. But I will say, um, this is definitely coming after Cats, Yes. which we already recorded. So, you know, whenever you're listening to this, you may or may not be next listening to a Bo Burnham episode or an episode on Westerns. Hey everyone, just Marco here to editorialize again. Uh, immediately after filming this episode, I found out that in fact this episode would be coming out just prior to our Bo, Burn- Bo Burnham episode, which uh, will be out shortly for you guys. Uh, and instead of the Western episode, we're actually going to be doing a uh, Halloween episode next uh, because of the timing of it. Didn't even realize how late into fall it was, uh, which is going to be on Haunting of Hill House. Um, that first that first season. I know technically the second season is called something else, but yeah. So yeah, just uh, enjoy. Look out for that. Just wanted to put that here so no one gets confused. Thanks. Um, I think that would probably be as far as we would have gotten. So we'll see. I don't know when this is coming out. Something COVID is tough, okay? Yeah, we got to figure it out. But uh, you'll be listening to something along those lines. So yeah, thanks for listening. As always, stay tuned for more James Bond content in the future, near future, hopefully. Yes. Take care and be safe.